Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 344 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. Our third episode in seven days, which Matt, I think, is some kind of non-E3 record. Might be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've been going after it here um, towards the end of the month. The good news is, despite my surgery and everything that we went through, we're still going to deliver you guys four episodes of Game Face in the month of May, which I did not think mm. was going to be possible. We were totally saved by the Sony PlayStation yeah. Showcase. And by just how May's days were arranged. Yeah, it all timed out because we did the first episode of May, I think, on May 1st. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting one in the second to last day of the month. So ultimately, we ended up hitting our general quota for episodes of Game Face in May, despite all the horrible things that I've been going through. And they have been horrible, Matt. So I first came back on camera a week ago, and I have not improved at all in the last week. I feel exactly the same as I did a week ago. So put another call to the doctor. My doctor, surgeon, is going on vacation for 10 days. She's just mm. like, take more pain pills. I'm like, I can't take any more pain pills than I'm already taking. I literally hit six hours between. You'd like to give me some opium, we yeah. can talk. <laughs> I don't want opioids either. Like, no, it's not good. Not a good scene. But I hit the six-hour mark, and I immediately need a pain pill. Like, it's just like clockwork. So, here I am again, three episodes in a week, and I still feel really crappy. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to get any answers for a while. My doctor's on like summer vacation for a while. I'm just going to ride it out and just keep taking like. I don't even taking real pain pills. I'm taking like Advil and Tylenol at this point. So. Anyway, uh, never question how dedicated your boy Shane is to the patrons at patreon.com slash sifted, man. I've, been, I've done some crazy stuff to do shows, looking back across the years. Mm -hmm. All the stuff that's happened and I come in and do shows. So anyway, here we are. Um, I know some of you guys are, I could tell by the, the, the pre-show chatter in our chat that some of you guys are excited that we may be discussing Street Fighter VI or Diablo IV today because the reviews came out for both of those games today. Unfortunately, we are not. Um, we are not in the first round of review codes. Um, we're not in the same group as the GameSpots and the IGNs for review code. So as I was driving here, I got sent review code for one of those two games, and I'll probably get the other one tomorrow. Um, so there'll definitely be a next week's show, but unfortunately, not in today's show. But we still have a great show for you guys. And I'm Oh, no, there's terrible games all over the rundown. <laughs> It's, they're everywhere. <laughs> we still have a great show for you guys. There's a lot of really good housekeeping and interesting things to discuss. And Matt and I always make things fun anyway. And you guys. Yeah, game being bad doesn't well. mean we're not entertaining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the it's, show, not like it's not like we're making you play it. Yeah. So my goal for today. So the goal for the first show back was to make it to two hours. Goal for the second show is to make it all the way through the PlayStation stuff. I did it. The goal for today is to get through the whole rundown and finally do a Q&A with you guys because we haven't done it for the last couple episodes mm -hmm. because I started feeling rotten uh, right at the end. So we want to try to get through a Q&A today because we haven't answered questions from you guys for a while. So that's the goal for today. I keep setting the goals for me personally a little higher with each episode, hoping I can get there. We'll see how it goes. Um, how's your week been, Matt? Are your four or five days since we were last together? That's oh, all right. Yeah. Played some, played some games, ate some food. Yeah. You know. Actually, I didn't play a lot of video games. I played board games. Oh, really? But, um, yeah. You played any more of Zelda? I played a little bit. I got the rest of the sages, and I tromped around the depths with my little army. And, uh, I don't know. I'll go back to it and probably finish the main story eventually. But, like, I got all the cutscenes. I, I, mean, I don't know. I did a lot of the collectible stuff. I don't have it in me to go do the Korok Seed thing. Um, yeah, I... Uh, 
I don't know. I haven't played it probably since like last Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. I haven't played it since we discussed it. It's two parts. The first part is I had to play a bunch of other games to do the show today. And two, honestly, I just really didn't have a big draw to play it. Mm. So, and now here comes Street Fighter. Here comes Diablo for this week. Am I going to go back to it this week? Probably not. So, yeah, um, there's other things to do now until much later. Yeah, I wish I had kind of finished it in that window that I had, but I didn't. Also, I just realized that I am due for more pain pills. So, you guys are going to watch me take some pain pills live on Game Face, unfortunately. But if I don't, in an hour from now, I'll have to quit the show. Yeah, normally you have to... Uh pay extra on patreon to see the uh <laughs> my the only on my only fan stream that... <laughs> normally if you want to see me do, do drugs you have to go out with me on a saturday night <laughs> i'm kidding kind of depends on the time frame yeah, exactly um so anyway uh, we have a great show for you guys today i hope you guys are doing good chat is rocking already people are talking about capcom is on a roll um the whole industry is kind of on a roll we talked about this last mm-hmm. year that this year could quite possibly be one of the best years for video games ever. Matt is kind of starting to shape up that way. It's getting there. I'm already there. seeing some other podcasts starting to discuss if 2023 is going to be one of the, the like the best year in gaming ever. Um, so it's starting to materialize. This has been a really awesome year for games, and it's mm-hmm. only going to get better. There's still tons of other awesome games that come out this year. Really excited about it. Uh, let's see some housekeeping before we get into the bulk of the show. Uh, first up, we wondered why the Last of Us multiplayer game was not shown during the PlayStation Showcase. And since then, we've got some updates on that stuff. Um, first of all, it's come out that Naughty Dog has actually cut down the team size for this mm-hmm. project. And then Naughty Dog also said that it wasn't ready to be shown. By the way, this is, just so you know, this is multiplayer from the OG version of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think is going on over there, Matt? I think it's a combination of nobody really wants this, and like Sony's multiplayer efforts are have gone in a very different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would argue that Naughty Dog's uh, one of the studios in their in their arsenal that like it has it would be- better spend its time doing more big single player boutique experiences because that's their bread and butter and that's what sells 10 million copies i said this from the beginning when we learned about this game why is naughty dog making this game i don't know i, I mean i never liked the multiplayer in last of us one to begin with matt i haven't liked any of the multiplayer that naughty dog has made no that's true i didn't like the uncharted ones either nope i knew some people that really got into them i never did um they just weren't they couldn't keep my attention long enough. No. There are always these goofy modes. Like, I just... And no, if I'm going to play Team Deathmatch, I'd rather just play a, a first-person shooter. I, it's just never really clicked with yeah, me for no, whatever We played, reason. like... My, my old group and I played... When they first added, like, Uncharted 2, I think it was. Mm-hmm. We played that. And, like, we would play... Like, our whole thing was we would play everything multiplayer and we'd game it so we could, like, get all the achievements or all mm-hmm. the trophies. And we like, you know, set private sessions up if we could or, like, try to get, like, just us so we could, like, you know, stage things if you needed to kill a guy a certain way. We'd, like, get on the opposite sides of the team and, like, do that. And on Uncharted 2, like, we played one night and everyone afterwards was just like, should we just not do this anymore? I'm good. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> like, we, it lasted one day. I mean, this is a group of people that played the multiplayer on Assassin's Creed, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. We played that for like a month. Well, that was pretty unique. And I was done with that in a week. Yeah. It was just It did lose its charm kind of quickly, but it was very unique. Like, I had never played a multiplayer yeah. like that before. Um, don't you think it's crazy, though, that they already had this robust multiplayer option for The Last of Us, and they're struggling to put out the separate game. You already have tons of maps and other assets Yeah, it makes me wonder what they're... And- 
like what they're trying to make it. Yeah. That's taking that long and record. And then like, oh, we got to rework some stuff, but also we dropped the team size to like a third. It, yeah. Just, it feels like it's just sort of on the way to being canceled. quietly removed. It really does schedule. sound like it might be canceled. And I don't think anybody would really be all that upset about it. Like if you told somebody. Yeah, I think there's a hardcore group of people that love the first factions and be disappointed, but it's not like an audience that you need to like change your corporate strategy to yeah. please, you know? Yeah. I mean, plus you have it already. Feels like the resources could be better put somewhere else if you're really being cutthroat about it yeah you know, especially considering how many other online multiplayer game as a service things that they have in the pipeline yeah after the last showcase like you just wonder like what is the value of this anymore yeah I, just from a very mercenary standpoint like i all i can think is like you have all those other things and uh, coming up that we just saw at the showcase wouldn't it be better served to make sure that like naughty dog and insomniac and these and sucker punch and these these other companies that specialize in the single player games are going to have offerings in a timely manner like coming up yeah. more than like some kind of tacked on multiplayer spinoff i mean if them stopping developing this multiplayer offshoot or whatever means we get their next single player game three months earlier i mean i imagine it I'm, won't. I'm all over that i imagine it won't it like, probably won't yeah. I, I, i'm sure that naughty dog has all the staff they need for whatever they need for mm -hmm. their big projects yeah but, um I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to task them with. Yeah. I mean, I tell, I mean, from what I understand, it's like something that they wanted to do internally. Like, I think Neil likes. Yeah, them. they mentioned it. Yeah. So, like, I get it, but like, you know, not every passion project makes it to makes it to print. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I'm leaning towards it eventually being canceled, but we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we learned this week that TikTok has taken over the world. Matt, um, mm -hmm. TikTok served three trillion video game videos in 2022 three trillion to put this in perspective in the heyday of game trailers 2010 29 2009 2010 that's when we were serving the most videos generally we did a billion views a year mm -hmm. and i mean we like when we hit the billion the whole office was like it was a celebration and we bought in a keg and like it was a huge deal mm -hmm. we were like oh my god how did we serve a billion videos a year three trillion on tiktok which you know my strategy of starting to do more shorts seems like it's made sense um i do wonder the value because a lot of publishers and honestly a lot of platforms really their biggest metric is time of engagement mm -hmm. how long did you spend even with youtube's new shorts program the number one metric that youtube uses to decide whether to shove a short into someone's feed is how what percentage of that short everybody watched mm -hmm. so still that's the most important metric is like the time that you spend watching so i do wonder if game publishers are like well you know it's three trillion but we really look at it as a smaller number because the engagement's so short and so low i don't know I mean, I, I trillion is a crazy number. So I mean, people don't you know. I, you know, we're kind of used to things. I don't think million. people even understand what a no, trillion is. Trillions and millions. <laughs> we were used to things any millions of hits, and sometimes things get billions or make a yeah. billion dollars. But you got to remember that's a thousand billions. Yes. Like, <laughs> and a, a billion million, is a thousand millions. Yeah, a million seconds is a, what about? It's about like eleven know. days. Yeah, I don't even know. Actually. And a billion seconds is 33 years yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to a put it a trillion yeah. seconds is 33 millennia thousand years <laughs> and they yeah. got three trillion views yeah that's it's insane work that out to how many per person that's a little disturbing it really is yeah uh, people watching hundreds of these things that, i mean obviously you can't because they're very short it's 20 but, 30 seconds at a yeah. pop 
I mean, my wife loves somewhere TikTok. The, somewhere the guys who invented Vine are like, what the fuck? I don't understand it. And why did they kill Vine? I don't know. Right as this all took off? I don't know. It is all, the weirdest thing all ever. All they had to do is let you do it more than seven seconds. Yeah. And I think they had. They had time. already. Yeah. I, it was right there. I don't, I'll never just, understand it. They just let it go. Yeah. Whoops. But, I mean, again, you know, this is like another paradigm shift. Like back when YouTube started taking over and game trailers was put out of business by YouTube, this is kind of the next paradigm shift for games media is what are you doing on TikTok? What are you doing on YouTube shorts? Very mm -hmm. powerful. Um, you can't even comprehend what three trillion is. Most The human brain can't even really comprehend trillion, it. Trillion is a ridiculous number. It really is. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to TikTok. Meanwhile, there's random states and countries that are trying to outlaw it and like... Montana already did it. I'm like, did it? Yeah, I don't know how you enforce that. I don't think it did. It's they, just. I mean, all, they passed the right. thing that says that. But, but I'm like, how do you make that happen? I don't I think don't, you can. You go check everybody's phone. I mean, you go to they, the ISPs. I mean, the idea is that you would not be able to download it from the Apple Store, or the Google Store in Montana. Right. But I don't even know if Montana can do that to. I mean, Apple here's a good analog, actually, is sports betting. So I'm a huge sports guy. I'm not really into sports betting at all. But, like, when a new season will kick off, like, I want to bet on the Steelers winning. Like, right now, the over-under on the Steelers' upcoming season is, like, eight and a half games. So you can bet the over or the under on whether they win eight and a half games. Like, I want to bet the over. I just want to put down, like, $200 on the over. And if they win nine or more games, then I win, like, $200 or whatever. Like, and then I just let it ride. It's like one bet that lasts for like six months and you're kind mm -hmm. of engaged with it the whole time. So when I was in Pennsylvania where sports betting is legal, I downloaded an app. And then I came back here and I was able to open the app and use the app okay until it came the time to place the bet. And then the app was like, sorry, you're in California. We can't let you place the bet. So my guess is probably that's how something like that would happen. I don't know. but Yeah, but also TikTok doesn't care. Right. So like... <laughs> Yeah. And maybe Apple doesn't either. I, mean, I don't know. Like basically, I think you could leave Montana, download the app while you're out of the state, and watch it when you get and back. And then come back and use it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's right. a different thing to watch something on like yep. your own ISP versus like, you know, like tr making a transaction on a sports betting app. I think that's easier to track. Yeah. Um, also, like the fact that any, the, I don't know how anyone, you know, right or left, Republican, Democrat, young or old, whatever would react to the idea that Montana knows what button you're pressing on your phone at all times. <laughs> I mean, they might anyway, yeah. but like... Nobody wants to think that you that's You don't want to think about it. <laughs> that's right? true. Same way people don't want to think about what, you know, Alexa's doing while they're right. not talking to her. Yeah, yeah. Which is yep. why I don't have any of those. I don't things. either, actually. Yep. Uh, another smaller story from the week. We found out that PlayStation is outselling Xbox four times over in Europe. So for every Xbox sold in Europe, there are four PlayStation 5s sold. We were talking earlier. I mean, that sounds about right for most of history other than the, the, the 360 generation. Yeah, I think it might be a little. I think it was always two to one generally. But this generation, for whatever reason, it's PlayStation. And again, I'm saying some of that is because you can go get a PS5 now. Yeah, it's and it's harder it. to get an Xbox. Probably true. Um, but also going back to you know the UK is at this point the only territory who has decided that acquiring Activision Blizzard is a bad idea. South Korea dislocated today. Mm -hmm. Every, all around the world, everyone's like, yes, except for the UK. So you wonder, people brought up, well, is it worth it to just stop selling to the UK market? It might be. Probably. If you're selling one console to every four PlayStation 5s, is it worth it to stay in there if they're going to crash your deal? I don't know if it is. Not really. I mean... <laughs> also, like... I don't know. If I were Microsoft, I'd be looking at how Blizzard's handling some of this Diablo stuff and be like, do we want to buy these people? Right. <laughs> Jeez, like, 
that statement about um, Diablo was really embarrassing. Which one? Or it wasn't a statement. It was a it was a Q and A with like I think I missed this. questions, and like someone went through and looked up all the Twitter handles from the questions. They were all non-existent Fake. account or accounts have been created that day who had never said anything. Wow! Like it it was all bullshit. Faked. Like, like that's embarrassing. Somebody, somebody put a picture. I missed that, that. Picture of that one guy who like asked about the the mo, you know, immortal the mobile game, and they yeah. said, like, "Don't you have a phone or whatever?" Yeah, yeah. And like, don't you guys have phones? Like whatever that was. And he put a picture of the, the kid who asked the question for that, and they're like, "This man changed everything about how Blizzard <laughs> does business." And he, he kind of did. It's like, <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's. I mean, I saw. I was like. I don't. Have, I'm not a huge Blizzard person yeah, anyway, but it's like I'm like, what happened in this company? Like, it's so it embarrassing. Just a complete U-turn. Especially because it's like, you can just let Diablo Four stand on its own. Yeah. I played that game. It's good. Yeah. It's real good. Yeah. Like, you don't need to fucking <laughs> yeah. do that. Dude, they have now put out four launch trailers. Yeah, I'm guessing there's gonna be a fifth. Probably five launch trailers for one game. The media blitz for Diablo 4 has been yeah. insane. I mean, I understand that in the sense that they, I mean, when I, at the very least, when I'm planning that launch, say, in their shoes, like, I'm like, we got to get out from under the Zelda discourse. Yeah. Like, we ha- we're, we know Tears of the Kingdom is going to still be the hotness. We have got to make more noise than that. And by the way, reviews are up on Sifted right now for Diablo 4. And it's Metacritic. Is it an 88 right now? Oh, uh, yeah. I was kind of surprised it wasn't a little bit higher, but still a great score. Same, but it's getting dinged a little bit for um, some of the online stuff and some of the, you know, some of the perceived microtransaction sort of season pass shit, mm-hmm. um, which I get, you know, it's just pe- so some people, including in the reviewer, reviewing world who just do not want to be reminded of that while they're trying to play But it was hilarious. Like some of these reviews are like, I've spent 88 hours playing this game. I've loved every minute of it. I know I'm going to play this game for another 150 hours and 8 out of 10. I'm just like, what? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's on my fantasy team. And an 88 is way higher than I thought at the beginning of the year it was going to get. Like, I think I got it, what, with like my fourth or fifth pick or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I I expected it to be around there. Like, I, but I also, I didn't fully trust it after Diablo 3. Yeah. You know, I'm like, there was always a chance it could kind of they could make the wrong moves and, you know, cause we would have known by the beta if that yeah. had happened, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, I know there's some complaints about some of the balance changes they made in the last, the, 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 the stress test or whatever. And like, there's a couple things about how they nerfed a necro, the necromancers. I don't remember anymore. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I, I honestly don't care that much. Yeah. Um, I'm, cause all that stuff, everyone, it was like, Oh no, they nerfed this. I'm like every time someone says shit like that, they're talking about like end game, high level stuff. You will probably never see. Yeah, I don't definitely will never it. see it. Yeah. Honestly, like I'll finish the campaign and I'll be done. Yeah. Like if they introduce a new class, I'll go and play that class and then I'll be done. I'm not like the big end game Diablo guy. That's, mm. that's not me. Uh, but again, an 88 is a great score. It could go up a little bit, could go down a little bit. Um, but bottom line is it appears that Diablo 4 has delivered, which was not a given after what's been going on with Blizzard. Um, next up, something that might make some people sad. It may make you sad, Matt, that Nintendo patched out the item duplication glitch in The Legend mm. of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom this week. I did not go hog wild with it when it was working. I literally only duplicated like 10 like gems or something mm-hmm. enough to get like two one set of armor. Yeah, I duplicated some things to, like to upgrade equipment when I was like, oh, I need one more diamond. Eh, fuck you. I mean, yeah. I'm, like, I'm not running around looking for that. Or I actually, didn't get actually, any you know, diamonds. You know what I duplicated the most? Bombs. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I like, didn't give it to you. Because like there wasn't enough bombs early on. Yeah. That was that was my problem. I was like I, I was like making equipment. I kind of regret that I didn't indulge more than I did because I know eventually I'm gonna need diamonds. I have zero diamonds right now. Yeah, they're very rare. And unless, so, unless you want to buy them from the, you can buy them from yeah. Goron for mm-hmm. a thousand but rupees. Get rupees. I mean, you might. It's like getting rupees is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, and then they did find a new glitch today, but it only works specifically with I think two different items. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's looked like there's an ability to still get free money. I mean, it's just a shame that you know the economy was kind of broken in the game that people had to do this. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not like he couldn't get all that stuff legitimately, but it would have taken you. Oh my god, tens the work and the time. Like, no, thank you. I would. I don't think anybody wanted to do it, which is why everybody used the glitch. <laughs> yeah, I felt. Like, then there's multiple glitches, and yeah, there's a number of things. Like, I mean, I know like the the main glitch was like the one where you're supposed to you jump in the air and hold things and drop them. Yeah, like that, like that was the easy one. Mm-hmm. I found the switch your bow out thing to be easier. That's the one I did. Like the, I, thought, I mean, the, uh, yeah, the time is hard. It still worked probably sixty percent of the time. Yeah, but I could. I felt like I I could get in a rhythm on that. Yeah, and like listen to a podcast or something. Right, and just when keep I was doing it. Bombs yeah. or whatever. Uh, whereas like I couldn't do that with it. it you moving the, the muscle inventory memory. around and doing all. It was just a lot easier for me to learn the timing of the of the bow thing and just you know build myself a, like a hundred new bombs and right. Go not worry about running around throwing bombs at things. I regret not abusing it now. So. <laughs> But maybe they'll find another problem, glitch. Like I will, I would have gladly bought more bombs, but they're not for sale many places, and everybody sells like five of them. Yep. And I'm just like, okay, I need more than that. Yeah. Not enough bomb. Actually, the big, the my decision point on that was when I realized that the bomb flowers were only actually giving me one bomb. Yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck that. I think like, I did find a cave though, where if you exited the cave and went back in, at least one of the flowers would regenerate and grow another bomb. Oh, well, that's good. But if so, it, so you'd have to. It would take you. Two minutes to run out to the cave and then run two minutes mm-hmm. run back in through the cave. It's like it, wasn't worth it. You know? Yeah. Well and also like I argue it's a higher skill ceiling to do the duplication glitch than running out of a cave <laughs> a bunch of times. I like that. I'll take it. <laughs> so anyway, if you haven't played Tears of the Kingdom yet and you're hoping to not have to worry about the economy in the game, it looks like unfortunately it's something you're gonna have to yeah. consider or forward. don't update your game. Right. But I might I my switch is always connected to the internet. My my guess is it's already been updated, sitting it, there. In oh, well, I mean, unless you, I mean, I think I'm sure there's a setting that says don't auto update, but I don't know where it is. Yeah, so probably. Yeah, they're all. Well, I bet you when I boot it up, it'll ask me maybe if I want to update no, it. No, it's automatic. <sighs> It well, says there that. you go. <laughs> Too late for me. Uh, so anyway, there, there's your physical media argument. You're gonna, yep, you're gonna have to earn exactly. You're gonna have to earn all your money in Zelda going forward. Uh, another small story that really pissed me off this week is that the NVIDIA RTX 4060 Ti came out, and I had been eyeing this card up as a card that I was going to buy. I still have a 1080 from the PC that I built when I launched Sifted. And in a game we're going to talk about a little later, I discovered that that card is getting really long in the tooth. So I'm ready to upgrade, and I had I had my eye on the 3060 Ti, um, but the 4060 is a new version of that. And so I was like, oh, well, that's coming soon. I won't buy the old 3060. It turns out the 4060 is awful. Mm-hmm. It's hardly an upgrade over the 3060 Ti. And it's only a 1080p card for $400. I can't believe Matt, they're selling 1080p cards for $400 freaking dollars. It's not great. That's insane. I mean, they're leaning on the whole, like, technically it can do Oh, 4K, but if you run a 4K game, it's like 22 frames yeah. per second or whatever. Like, it's not a 4K yeah, card at all. it's good enough for Zelda. Right. <laughs> Touche. Um, 
So I'm really pissed off. Like, I don't know what NVIDIA is doing, man. Like, I guess they just hit one trillion or something, some absurd yeah, market cap they're, today. They're, yeah, there's some crazy market cap. For the first time ever in their history. Mm-hmm. So, look, I'm and like, they're the only company of that nature. Like, they're, like all the other trillion dollar cap markets are like, yeah. those are not video game hardware manufacturers. Right? Well, the crazy part about it is that it did it after crypto came and went. Mm-hmm. You think that would have happened during crypto when people were buying GPUs? Well, imagine that when more people can buy your product, yeah. your market <laughs> Instead cap of just gets dudes bigger. That have built That's a garage funny. full of crypto funny how that mining. Works. Yeah. So anyway, I'm pretty pissed off. I mean, it looks the problem like- is it doesn't have enough RAM. Yeah, that's it's eight. It's we we eight had gig. this conversation. Like, don't yeah. buy an eight gig VRAM GPU. Yeah, like it's twelve minimum. Well, the 16, sixteen gig forty sixty is coming, but it's like at that point, should I just buy a better card? Like, I mean, yes, probably. But like the sixteen, I mean, you know, you go ahead and wait and see what the sixteen tests at. I'm sure it'll be much better. It's like I'm gonna have to spend. That's basically, clearly the bottleneck here. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm gonna have to spend basically six or seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. to buy a GPU. That's insane. Yep. Insane, Matt. I'm a, let's not talk about what my GPU I know. Cost. Like, <laughs> you don't count. But it was a Christmas gift. Right. I mean, it's just nuts. That you, it's Nobody should pay that much for a freaking no, GPU. It's, it's crazy. Like, I don't see... I mean, it, obviously, the performance is amazing. You yeah, get, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Is it that much better than paying fi- than what you get for $500 on a PS5? No. No. You have to so. have to have, like, a CPU and the RAM that actually yeah, maximizes the card. That's not even taking into account the environment you have to Yeah, plug it's like, it look, I'm not just yeah. going to have to buy a card here. I'm going to buy the card. I'm going to have to buy a new CPU. Yeah, Otherwise, why buy whole, the card? A whole new PC at yeah, that point. Yeah, basically. You need SSDs to run I need it properly. I'll need a motherboard yeah. because the motherboard I have only has two yeah. USB 3 ports on it. It's all USB 2.0. Like... Although I will say having a motherboard that can do more than 100 mega, megabits per second on the Ethernet nice. connection, very lovely. It is, yeah. I, I didn't realize I had bought that. Like, that was 2015. I didn't need yeah. to worry about that much downloading yet. I was <laughs> yeah. like, why would anyone need more than 100 megabits per second? That's yeah. crazy. I see Cinetic saying, do you really need NVIDIA? Why not AMD GPU? Don't you need to? Can you install an AMD G- GPU on, like, a system that hasn't been set up for AMD? Yeah, they support I thought you had to have a very specific no. motherboard. No. Yeah. Most motherboards support both. I can just plug it into a PCI Express port and it's fine? As far as I know. Okay. Well, then that's something I'll, I will consider. Absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't pre- think that was a I case. prefer NVIDIA hardware to, for the most part, but yeah. like, as they're all compatible that well, way. Well, now Intel's also making GPUs as well. Yeah, they yeah, can go fuck themselves. Really? Okay. They're not, I thought they were good they for the They got money. pretty good reviews, but I'm, I don't trust them. You know, I'm, I wait for the third iteration of something before I jump in on things. Makes so sense. I'm going to have to wait. I mean, maybe one day they'll be the choice, but yeah. like right now, NVIDIA is, you know... Um, Obi Wan nine thousand says the share price jumped twenty one percent in one day, the biggest yeah. jump in Nasdaq history. Yep. How is that possible? Nobody really knows what happened there. See, right? Arigato Sun says AMD CPU, CPU. needs specific motherboard CPU. slot. CPU GPU can go on anything. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you need to, the whole point of which motherboard you get is what CPU you're putting in. Mm-hmm. But the G, the graphics cards are all universal. It's just PCI Express. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. My eternal conundrum of trying to rebuild my PC goes on. I really mm-hmm. thought I was here. I'm like 4060 now, Ti. Cin- makes a good point. If your motherboard is NVIDIA tie-in, you probably have to use a, a device driver uninstaller to get the NVIDIA drivers off it because mm. um, that can interfere with the oh, AMD drivers. That makes sense. Okay. But you can put whatever you want GPU-wise on whatever yeah. motherboard as long as it supports the equivalent. or you know, Usually they'll say. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly not surprised that their stock jumped so much because they're charging so much for these GPUs. Mm. I mean, you're kind of stuck, aren't you? Yeah. It's almost a monopoly. I hate to say it. 
I mean, it isn't because they got two two major right. competitors, but like the perception mm-hmm. is that they are better, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. In part because I think in part because they have been around so long, and in part because DLSS, I, DLSS. I mean, AMD has an equivalent, but it's not as good. Uh, DLSS three in particular is very val- very wanted right now, and it should mm-hmm. be because I've seen you know I have it on my thing, and it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, on Cyberpunk, it makes almost an eighty frame per second difference if you got a monitor to run that fast. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy at, at max, like everything. Like you can you can run eight K downsampled for everything on on Cyberpunk at like sixty. That's with amazing. that thing on. Yeah. And yeah, it's partly because they built it for that. Meanwhile, Jedi Survivor doesn't even support it because it's AMD tie-in. Right. But there is a user-made thing that can do it. I haven't tried that yet. But uh, I, they updated it again a couple days ago, and I tried it again. It's still not... doesn't run very well. Hmm. It runs better, but yeah. it doesn't run well. So anyway, I'm bummed. Um, I really thought I was about to upgrade my PC, and I'm not. So I'll wait patiently again to spend my money wisely instead of just doing a knee-jerk reaction purchase. Uh, also, NVIDIA is a cooler name. Yeah. Than AMD. <laughs> I agree. So. <laughs> I agree. Uh, another smaller story from this week, and I didn't even realize that this was kind of bouncing around the uh, the internet, was that there was a rumor that PlayStation was going to buy CD Projekt Red. Did you even hear that rumor? I heard it a couple places, and that, but that's been flying around for a long time, and like, I don't, it's never from anywhere reputable. Well... Sony shot it down, and now CD Projekt Red has shot it down as well, saying, no, that's yeah. not happening. We are not for sale. Although that would be a very wise purchase, I think. If if they were willing to sell, probably, but, like, that's not... I mean, they don't need to. There's no reason to do that yeah. for, for CD Projekt Red. Yeah. I mean, like, they're they're very well tied into the Polish government. Well, it's also a degree. publisher. It's not just the a publisher, developer. Like, yeah. they, don't, they are in no situation where they would need that kind of a bailout or any I mean I don't think anybody who's owns the place is looking for a quick cash infusion they make a lot of money already they do even after cyberpunk they made so much money off cyberpunk even though it was broken at launch it yeah to get that to get a deal like that you'd have to be concerned about the future of your company and you know kind of in a get out while the getting's good sort of thing and I just I don't think that's how CD Project Red sees themselves I don't either yep so I don't think they should like they've got so much in the pipeline more more cyberpunk another cyberpunk sequel in early pre-production uh another witcher game coming maybe two witcher games with the remake of the first one yeah like future's bright there they got idris elba on their <laughs> like there's not like why would you why would you sell to me that's the kind of studio that sony should be buying though instead of these studios that do all these games as a service like a successful one that has no reason to want to be bought yeah i mean yeah. Nice to have them <laughs> but are like, you making them an offer that they can't refuse yeah or... but you know this ain't naughty dog or insomniac it's mm-hmm. not like you know you're, you're, you're dealing with much larger shareholders much larger to, I, I tell you um, I don't. I don't. I didn't see it on Sifted because it was mostly promoted through Twitter and and as a YouTube channel. But I sent you the link to that um, the documentary about uh, Disco Elysium. Yeah. That if you haven't seen that is by a YouTube channel called People Make Games, which is uh, owned, also run by a guy who makes a really good board game channel, uh, and is married to Lee Alexander, hmm. uh, exa- uh, of all things. But um, what happened to her? She just disappeared. She's, she's in England. She's still doing game stuff. Really like consulting stuff. I haven't right? heard hiding her hair from her in well, years. I don't think she writes anymore. I think she does like consulting, like internal uh, internal stuff. Gotcha. Um, but it's a two and a half hour documentary about all the weird shit that happened with Disco Elysium's doc, uh, development and the transfer of the rights and who owns the rights and who stole the rights and what happened with uh, the parent company and who that was. And they went to Estonia and they interviewed everybody and they interviewed every single human being that was involved in this whole thing. They interviewed, and it is a ride. 
Really? Never would have guessed Spo- that. Spoilers. No one who made Disco Elysium came out of that looking good. Oh, really? It, it, the whole thing sounds like it was a gigantic mess. Although I do. How did it, it turn out so good? Because art <laughs> imitates life. Yeah. Honestly, so much of the stuff in this documentary is like, dude, that's like the game. Like, yeah. it's, it's so weird. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I, and I do think it's very funny that a group of people that started as like a self-proclaimed group of anarcho-communists ended up being some of the most ruthless capitalist fraudsters, allegedly, yeah. that I have ever heard of. It's amazing. It's that's just funny. amazing. It's an amazing watch. If you people have, make games, that's the YouTube People channel. make games. I and mean, they do tons of great stuff anyway, but this is the best thing they've ever made. When I get back from recording this, I'll make sure that I curate it to sift it so you guys can check it out. Um, other small stories. Actually, one that just broke this morning. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is coming to PC on July 26th. From out of nowhere, off the top rope. Yeah, this was... Can't wait to see what that looks like when it launches. Yeah, I mean, this is a PS5 exclusive. This never yeah. ran on PlayStation 4. This was PS5 only. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no reason this can't run on modern cards with a SSD. Yeah. Like, I know they've made a big thing about it. We could only run on PS5. All, I mean, what is going to happen if you don't have an... I mean, most people do have SSDs at this point. I imagine it's going to require one. But, like, my PC, I use my SSD just to run my OS, Windows... Mm-hmm. And then for games and everything, I have it just installed on an old mechanical drive. Yeah, I mean, that's how my old one was. Yeah, my, like, my new one is all SSD. Because like, they, I wonder... They, just, they all expect it. Even if they don't require it, modern games expect it. Yeah, really so I do. wonder if this will play on a rig like that. No, I think it will. I think it, I mean, I think you could install it on your SSD. Yeah, but, but I my SSD is like 250 I, gigs. I think it's going to require an SSD. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, that's gonna that's the future. Yeah. I mean, wait for it. Yeah, it's I gonna know. happen. Yeah, I mean, I keep my eye open for SSD drives. They still they drop, but not a ton, man. Like, no, they're 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 not cheap. Um, I have. What do I have? I have. I have a one. I think I have. Two four two two. I have one two terabyte, which is like the C drive, which is where everything you mm-hmm. know, the iOS and everything sits. And then I have two four terabytes that I use for my other drives for like installing games and stuff mm-hmm. and that is but my, on my old pc with the the you know the, the platter drives the actual hard drives uh i had those were like 13 terabytes each mm-hmm. and one of them broke no. so that was one of the reasons i finally got a new pc was one of my drives broke and i didn't want to go through all the trouble of and i did uh, pull it out after i got the new one and plug it directly into the new one and as soon as it booted up it just went I'm like, oh, oh no, you're dead. Like, <laughs> no hard drive makes that sound. Oh, that's the back. worst, that's man. I hope you got everything off the drive before it died. It was all repl- it was all installed replaceable. Uh, okay. It wasn't like anything. Like your photos or your music. No, or it's anything? all on my other stuff. Oh, I, yeah. that, my PC is only games. Okay. So I had to replace a few ROM dumps I did of like old Wii games because mm-hmm. I wanted to play them on Dolphin, but that was pre- that's pretty easy because my Wii is already homebrewed anyway. Oh, other small story this week: Nintendo kept Valve from. Uh, Allowing Dolphin on Steam. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> um, luckily, uh, we already have. Yeah, Dolphin, we're, we're it's too late. We're good. It's too late, bro. Like, yeah. um, meanwhile, Sega. I don't know if you know this, but this you know that Sega Sonic and Genesis collection that they have on Steam. Yeah, it's been around. But it's been on Steam. It's got you know it's been it years ago. Most of the Steam Workshop mods are just other Genesis games you can get and plug in and you'll like multiple cartridges <laughs> in the game because you know how that, that menu yeah. works it's like it's like a shelf of like a visual shelf of all the libraries yeah. basically every cartridge they have like okay it's like options and it's like oh you want to play Alex Kidd or you want to play like all these other games that you've installed from Steam Workshop and Sega does not care 
Yeah. Like no one, they don't care that anyone's there's playing. Some, there's some battles that just aren't worth fighting. No, no, they don't care that you can just download Crusaders of Senti on Steam Workshop. No one is making any money off yeah. that. I mean, I know Nintendo's only trying, Nintendo thinks that it can. But like it's, it's, it's and it amazing. does honestly with its Nintendo Online. Yeah, I mean so. they found a way to leverage it, but it's like it's so amazing that like most people, most of the other companies are like, yeah, that's a whatever old game. Yeah, we're the, not trying to milk the that. number of people that are gonna go on Steam and be like, I'm gonna do today on Steam. I'm gonna play. X Men, right? From the, on the Genesis, it's like no, like, like three people. Like if you charge players. somebody for that, they just won't pay. Yeah, they, won't they just play, won't play might, it. Yeah, they, they just don't, don't care. care. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, how do you feel about like a PS Five exclusive coming to PC that quickly? I mean, it's not that quickly. Yeah, it's this three is the years. Way. Has it been three years? Yeah, it came out in twenty twenty. Did it? It's a launch game. Yeah, okay. I'm, that's fine then. That's plenty of time. Um, and also that that development studio that PlayStation bought, we were like, why the hell? Nixes are the ones doing that port. So mm-hmm. this is why PlayStation bought that development studio that everybody was like, why would you buy Nixus? Because they do stuff like this. Um, and then finally, we already talked about the Diablo 4 reviews that came in today. Also, Street Fighter 6 reviews came in today. And holy mama, like it's Metacritic right now is a 92. Yep. I was shocked by that. Return like, to form. I have played a lot of this. So we talked about it when we played the first beta, which had like the story mode and a couple other things in it. Well, then I got in on the beta again and went and played a ton of head to head. And it is great. Like no denying it's probably the best street fighter in maybe ever. Yeah. I would, I think a lot of people in the fighting game community think so. And I get that. But still, like, that's not, I don't know. To, I don't find anything very innovative about it. They just kind of nailed everything. In the story mode, I don't think they nailed either. I think it's almost embarrassing, but. The story mode is getting really good response. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing that I was expecting to hold it back. Yeah. It was very, but no, they're like, it's, you know, it's, it's a perfect blend. Like, basically, like, the thing I saw that I, I think that more people, Some people true, be more tolerant of some of that stuff. Well, no, the thing that I saw that rang true was, like, if you want Street Fighter to be serious and, like, brutal, there's stuff in here to, to to do that for you. If you want Street Fighter to be like goofy and silly, there's stuff in here like that for you. Like, it's basically I don't know however- how you can afford the uh, you can avoid the goofy. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, it depends. I mean, the, a lot of the win poses have always been a little goofy. And I'm not, I'm just talking but, about like the story mode in general. It's just corny and weird. Right, but that's what they're talking about. Is the story mode is for people who want that goofy. And if you oh, don't want you're that, you're saying goofy, if you don't want to just avoid the story mode altogether. If you don't, if that doesn't do it for you in Street Fighter, you've got the rest of the whole game. Oh, uh, gotcha. Um, that's sort of what they're saying is like there's something for everyone in there. Yeah, I would be. It would be really hard for me to give in, not just Street Fighter any fighting game over a nine. Like I once my reviews get to like a nine or higher. The game is gonna have to do something that's just like off the charts, and they nail it. Like I just, that's I mean, just the way I am. I mean, it may be doing that. Maybe. Uh, I mean, do you think that like we're gonna have to see how it how it does in you know actual competition? Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe the more innovative feature is the the dumbing down of the game for noobs being able to do like combos and crazy moves with just one button press. Well, the, I mean, they claim it's not dumbing down; that it's just like. A different way to do it i don't know if i agree with that because i maybe just i just don't understand it but i couldn't do half the things i wanted to do when i was playing with modern controls by accident those couple times i picked mm-hmm. it by accident I well you're know. a really good street fighter player right but i mean i don't know how much of that is just the modern controls are inferior or how much of that is just i've been playing the game a certain way for 30 years right. and i'm not able to break out of that brain yeah. path you know like Plus muscle memory might be just me me but i yeah. will you know like i said I accidentally picked modern controls the first time I played a match, and I barely won in round three. Like, I literally, like, sliver of life left against mm-hmm. the CPU, and then I switched to, like, regular Street Fighter controls and, didn't and get double hit. perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those yeah. are two very different outcomes yeah. with the same yeah. opponent, because that was just Luke and... The, when you could only pick Luke and Ryu, that was that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, honestly, and like a lot of the stuff I think with fighting games is like, if you give people something to do, you know, it's not like this. I mean, the story in Mortal Kombat is obviously better mm-hmm. in terms of because they're being produced and written by the people that write the straight to DVD stuff for D- DC and Warner Brothers. A lot of the same people that wrote some of those good DC DC straight to video movies, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So obviously there's a level above that. But like it's like the you know, everybody just wants like a fighting game to have something for you to do that isn't just go online and fight people or just fighting a ladder of opponents. Right. And yeah. if you give, deliver that in an even halfway competent manner i think you are going to get a bit of a, a boost from yeah because it. it's very rarely right, even blaze blue gets that blaze blue story modes are yeah. extremely robust they are the most insipid anime garbage ever yeah and i would honestly rather play street fighter world tour because at least it's dumb but entertaining whereas the whereas blaze blue tends to be like i don't know what you're talking about like you're using all these i need a glossary for all the terms and names in this thing yeah but like the only thing i've seen that criticizing the world tour mode beyond its it's goofy is i guess there's some frame drops when you do random battles with randoms in the street like it doesn't quite catch up yeah, immediately yeah. um but that seems doesn't seem like a huge thing yeah yeah um, a deal breaker i do like that it tells you whether someone's on wired or wi-fi yeah uh can you avoid them then if you want yeah you that's can huge. filter which is <laughs> which huge. wi-fi people are going to complain sorry about, wi-fi sorry. people i'm never going to fight you <laughs> and look like i'm a, i, I use wi-fi on playstation 5 more than wired because i have that weird oh thing right where, where that weird drop thing all yeah the time. um and my wired connection people may very, avoid you <laughs> they might my wired connection is very my wi-fi connection is very good uh-huh. like it, it's gotten better i don't know what they did but it's gotten way better well, it'll probably still have the ping meter to show you like how good the yeah. connection is but so. there are people who just i mean again i don't really care i'm not going to play a ton online mm-hmm. i prefer playing fighting games offline because even online even the, the best connection you still, know you're still there's, yeah, there's a reason the community calls it playing underwater yeah um, but a lot of the local community has dried up, or at least it's harder to get to. It's all yeah. out, it's all out in Walnut, which is like an hour away, where yeah. it used to be. That's by too the, far. Used to be by the airport, which yeah. is like thirty minutes yeah. at most. Um, but everything got too expensive. You know, the, the Proud Bird would no longer host. Yeah, that was a, that was a good times. But yeah. that was Street Fighter Four. That's the other thing is I think people are just excited that this feels like street fighter 4 again in terms of like the excitement around the community the accessibility of it how early i do yeah, wonder if how they... the early tech feels satisfying and you're not like because part of what street fighter 5's problem was early on people were like we don't really understand how why it's this way how these new mechanics play in and how we're supposed to use them but we're just going to play street fighter and mm-hmm. eventually they you know everything got figured out or what you know they, but like it never quite clicked the way the focus canceling immediately did in four mm-hmm. the way the drive system immediately does in this yeah like there's something about the new elements of the combat system in this that just immediately make it fun and more and interesting and feel like you're making meaningful choices that just did not exist in Street Fighter V. I do so wonder how that, much the disappointment of Street Fighter V has bled into the high scores of Street I Fighter VI. I think there's a definite bounce back from yeah. like, oh my God, thank God, it's yeah. good. Kind of, Almost I, like I a think sense of relief. there's some of that there, yeah. I think for sure. But we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about the game in depth along with Hell, I'm, that, I'm there too. I'm just like, thank God. Right, right. There was, I a, period where I'm, there was a period where I'm like, am I even going to want to buy this game at launch? Yeah. I don't know. You know, look, we mm-hmm. saw what happened last time. But no, yeah. I, I'm happy to, I was happy to pre-order this game and be ready. Yep. Although I didn't think about my wired connection problem until after I ordered it on PS5. So. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, sitting at a 92 Metacritic. That's pretty awesome. There's several reviews already curated to Sifted right now. If you want to check it out after the show, go have at it. Let's check in with you guys, see what you guys are saying on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Um, 
Vincent says there's both the more accessible controls and the ones that dumb it down so you can button mash offline. Yeah, one button controls are a separate thing. Modern controls are different. I did find it very amusing that some weirdo complaining about gay characters in Street Fighter who have been in Street Fighter since 1991. <laughs> uh, I told you that one character. Was complaining about the woke controls. <laughs> And I'm like, the what? What is the fucking joystick? Ask for your pronouns before you play a match? No, they're just accessible, yeah. dipshit. Come on. Sneaky says, Matt is right. I find fights just boring, but trick me with a story and I'm in. LOL. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely trying to trick you. Yeah. <laughs> Vortex Complex is right, though. It does kind of have a, a Yakuza goofy. It's like, it's, like the, it's like if the whole Yakuza game was all the tone of the goofiest side quests. Vincent reminds us that Ratchet was actually mid-2021. So about a year and a half... Two years. Uh, well, two years, yeah. So we are mid-23. That's, mid that's not that yeah, that's fine. That's still fine. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, Shneeky asked, did you see someone remade the whole of Sonic 06? And Sega said, yeah, go ahead and release it, but don't make any money. What? Did they make like, it? It's not like Sega finished it, so why not? <laughs> I mean, did they make it playable this time or not as embarrassing? Is the no. kissing scene still in there? Like, I'm sure the kissing scene. I mean, look, the main problem with that was, uh, the main problem with that was just that it didn't, work right i mean you had to, it, it had minute long load times between text lines uh, like it was unbelievable um commander fat says that it'll be like returnal you need a huge amount of ram he's saying um maybe to get over if you don't have an ssd to play ratchet and clank mm, it just Apart. stores everything if you just RAM, yeah, brute force be. it with a bunch of ram it might work still which i also don't have a ton of ram either so <laughs> i mean i have a ton but it's crappy ram basically i need to upgrade it um Kevin Roffer reminds us that CD Projekt also announced that Witcher 3 has sold 50 million copies. I mean, that puts it that up there in what, like the top five yeah, games sold ever of all time? Yep. That's a big deal. Yep. Um, Erebus Jones, do you have a monitor that's bigger than 1080p? I do not have a PC monitor. I obviously have a, a 4K TV, but I do not have a 4K monitor, unfortunately. And I need to fix that as well. I would have to buy a 4K mm -hmm. monitor. Um, Cinetike says investors are going hype crazy over data center earnings and future AI perspectives. So mm. what NVIDIA is doing, basically what Amazon is doing with AWS yeah, and just setting up big server farms for other companies and to... For, for AI hosting and for all that, yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, that'll collapse soon enough, but... Yeah, you would think that it's saturated. Plus, it's like Amazon, it's so cheap. I don't well, know no, why the, you would the, go anywhere else. The AI chat, I mean, everyone's going... I mean, that is just the next grift. I mean, and it was, I mean, the true believers will freak out about that, but it's like, no, there's a reason all the, all the NFT people move straight to, to this the AI. immediately <laughs> after the NFT thing collapsed because it's the next, this is the next. I see people still trying to hype NFTs. Here's the thing. The AI thing is bullshit because the AI things are algorithms designed to trick you because we work on confirmation bias as human beings. Mm -hmm. Then the biggest thing, look into the thing. You know, one of the big things like, oh my God, a, an AI beat a human being at Go. Mm -hmm. You know, the go the game of Go is supposed to be the most complicated and it's an ancient thing, da, 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 da. like it's the most human thing to be able to strat it, but a human being can't do it. But eventually someone who wasn't very good at Go thought of something, figured it out, said, Let me play that AI and beat it nine times out of ten. Mm. Why did it do that? Why did that happen? Because you the can predict what it's gonna do. No. Because the person's strategy was to basically do a very simple twist to like what a professional wouldn't do, but basically do the simplest possible method of doing what you need to do in Go, which is to surround areas and capture them. Mm -hmm. And the AI couldn't adjust to it because the AI was programmed to play against professional Go players, expert Go players, and it couldn't adjust to this 
dumbass beginner strategy because the AI doesn't know how Go works. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of the same thing as saying, like, you know what the AI is going to do, which is what I said. But, uh, but that's not it. The, the, the reason it's a, it's, a, it's a thing to say, like, this AI stuff is, is bullshit is because— But the, you knew it was going to play for a professional player. Right, but that's, You're not, able the, to that, but that's not the manipulate point. Manipulate it. No, that's not the point. Okay. The point is it's a comment about why the AI isn't intelligent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree with that a thousand percent. It, it can only do what it's programmed to do. It's not thinking laterally. Yeah, it's yeah. not outthinking a human. Yeah. It's just better at doing You can program everything ever known about Go into this thing, and it can remember it the way a human can't, but it doesn't know what Go is. It does. It can't be like, oh, he's doing this different thing, and the point of the game of Go is to do this, so I will do this instead. It can't counter. reason. No. I mean, it's a machine. It's programmed. It's I, also, I hear It's also you. why when you program in, hey, make me a picture of Nikola Tesla driving a car— and it pumps out this thing of Nikola Tesla in a single seat car going sideways down the road on the 10 with a car coming straight at him. And he looks exactly like David Bowie because David Bowie played him in, in right. the Prestige. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. not, I'm not worried about it just yet. The other thing, too, is it, it just gets so much stuff wrong. Oh, like, yeah. You can't rely on AI to just do stuff. Like, you can't rely on it to write because yeah. it will give Im improper facts mm -hmm. into its. My its favorite copy. Is, is the people that are like posting, like, oh, my, my student got caught using AI to write their essay. And the reason is because in the middle of the essay, it says, I don't have an opinion on this because I'm just a chatbot. Like, they didn't like, even copy they didn't edit even, it. They didn't even read it before they <laughs> turned it in. Yeah, it's like. They just thought, oh, it's the AI. It can do it for me. Yep. Yeah. It's it's not a it, yeah, it's a lot still a lot easier and in the end probably more time efficient to just tell a human being what you want and have them do it for you. I think a big part of why people perceive AI to be real and intelligent is that it has a perfect memory. Mm -hmm. If you tell it something, it never forgets it. Humans forget it. Humans yeah. prioritize information. Certain parts of your brain, if you take information, you put it into the catalog. Sometimes you can pull it up. Sometimes you can't. AI is always going to remember it. Mm -hmm. That's and so I think it fools people into believing. The thing is, it's like. I think a lot of people think that if you do well in school, you're very smart. That is not the case. Like, mm -hmm. that just means that you can memorize stuff. Like, being able to memorize things and being able to think critically and reason are two entirely different things. Mm -hmm. and, and that second one's a lot harder for a machine. Yeah, it's almost impossible. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know how they ever get a machine to that point. So It would have to happen it. spontaneously, yeah. basically, which is, by the way, when shit gets real. Yeah, exactly. That's when Skynet happens. Could they figure out how to build their own robots maybe maybe well the, as someone said the biggest problem is not the, the biggest concern would not be an ai that pr suddenly realizes and proves to its its users that it is sentient the biggest concern would be an ai that re becomes sentient and realizes it's in its best interest to not let us know that right and hide it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there you go. There's all the housekeeping for Game Phase 344. Quite a lot of it, and we're about ready to get into the show. But before we do that, here's a word from our awesome sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. 
Luna, the star of the show today, according to our chat. She's hanging out with us longer than usual. I don't know why. Usually by now she's already bailed. She's like, I got my camera time. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, a big thanks to LS Cream for sponsoring Game Face. It makes a huge difference for us. So please, if you can, go to creamls.com uh, and check out the website there. There's a store locator so you can figure out where to buy it locally. Um, and there's also links where you can buy it from BevMo and other online uh, retailers. There's recipes there so you can make the awesome drinks that you see in the ad. It's really worth the trip over there. And again, if you can, support our sponsors because that means that they come back if they're doing well and we continue to get the sponsorship. So we'd appreciate it very much. And again, thanks as always to LS Cream for sponsoring Game Face. And with that, it's time to kick off 344 proper. We're going to kick things off with... I played... Three games this week and a fourth game last week that's in this week's show. And of all those games, the game that I enjoyed the most is a game I never would have guessed, Matt, and it is Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun. Hmm. It is, why do people call old Doom, Castle Wolfenstein type shooters boomer shooters? Um, it's I think it's a combination between how it's just explosions everywhere and that it's played by old people and old people are Is that are why? Boomers. It's a mix of those. I things. mean, it does make sense because yeah. boomers who were been like hardcore gamers in the 90s, they're now in their 60s and 70s, mm -hmm. the boomers. So that makes sense. I mean, you can see our lower third there. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I'm proud of that one. Hmm. <laughs> but this is a Doom-like first-person shooter. When I say Doom, not like Doom 2016 or Doom Eternal, although there are shades of those games in this a little bit. I mean going back to the old-school Doom, where you're playing in 3D environments and you are fighting against 2D sprites. The enemies are 2D, and this game plays on that. So one thing that's interesting about the art style, and I'll just get the, the B-roll going here so you guys can actually just see it for yourselves. Um, it's the rotation of items mm -hmm. in the world. So when I first started playing this game, like I killed an enemy and there was a pile of jibs sitting there and I ran up to the pile of jibs and started strafing around it. And the pile of jibs always reoriented so that you're always seeing it. Like no, it never reorients. What? It never reorients. What do you mean? Because they're 2d sprites. So they're just always facing. They always face you. Right. Yeah. And, and it's weird and off-putting at first. And mm -hmm. the enemies do it, too. Everything yeah, is... the corpses all do it. I mean, that's how, that's how Doom was able to work. Yeah. I do you wonder... Weren't, you weren't actually running any 3D in right. Doom. Three, Doom. Doom was not 3D. Wait, the, wor the world isn't no, 3D either? No, it's not. There's a, I, I mean, it is I in this, but... I, yeah, in this it is. But I don't, I don't know exactly how to explain it properly, because it's very... But there are, like, videos and stuff you can look up where it explains... It wasn't rendering anything in 3D. It was, like... It's all about crossing vertices and planes mm -hmm. and putting like it's very weird. It's it's like like when you you walk, look up like a video a YouTube like basically go on YouTube and put in like how does doom work. Okay. And th they'll explain how like the doom engine drew things and made things happen and it's not like 3D rendering. It is like this weird algorithm trick that like probably only John Carmack fully understood <laughs> Crazy. at the time. Like it's it's ridiculously weird. Yeah. And it's why a bunch of quirks in the game work the way they do that we associate with Doom in a very but it's fascinating. Okay. Like, Interesting. Because um, nobody had there was no three D hardware acceleration, so there was no way to do that. But there right. well, there was a way to trick basically to trick PCs into displaying 3D graphics without doing 3D graphics. Interesting. It's, it's I did not know that. Weird as hell. Yeah. Well, this game, the le the levels in the world are built out of polygons, and they kind of fake whatever Doom was doing back in the 90s. And then, as you can see, the enemies, all the effects are all mm. 2D sprites and lots of pixels and all that kind of stuff. And I will say that you know the 
the particle effects in this what you couldn't do this game back in 1990 is what i'm getting no. at like no. there are things in this game that give it sort of a more modern flair but at the same time like it is a little off-putting at times like you'll see like a pile of jibs sitting there and it's like spinning on an axis so that it's always facing the yeah. right direction it's very it's a unique way to make a game yeah well that's because you know you're always, even in the when they did do 3D uh, stuff like like you know Marathon did more true 3D um, and like you're you're just spinning the world around the player. The yeah. player is not going anywhere, yep. so all the 2D stuff is just continually facing. I remember the first time I realized that was like playing Marathon, and I realized a bunch of the corpses were staying there the whole time. I'm like hey, like for some reason that really annoyed me yeah. when, I, when I noticed that, and I because I hadn't. I think it took me like months to notice that for the first time because I was so busy just running around doing like blowing stuff up. Well, you can see I was in that room and it was tripping me out, so mm -hmm. I kept like looking at this stuff on the ground to watch it rotate or whatever. It takes a second to kind of get over it, but once you do, and you just kind of give it up and just kind of dive into the world. Um, very authentic. Yeah. So this, the plot in this is very flimsy. There's not a lot of storytelling. There aren't many cutscenes, but it is set directly after the events of Warhammer 40k Space Marine. Obviously, Space Marine 2 is coming later this year. Uh, so good timing for that. And you are basically <laughs> playing as an ultramarine charged with cleaning up the mess after Space Marine. So you go back to the places Space Marine took uh, took place and the areas have been repopulated with the enemies and you need to wipe them out all over again and gotten much boxier for some reason what has gotten boxier the, the world oh well yeah because you're seeing it through this perspective or whatever and right there you just got the bolt gun matt and i just have to say that the bolt gun in this game is one of the best weapons i have used in a first person shooter <laughs> in the last like eight years it the shooting in this game is sublime it, I, whoever programmed the gameplay in this if you are a big budget AAA developer, go get that guy right now. Because I can't tell you how many times, Matt, I have played big budget first person shooters where the shooting felt like crap. Mm -hmm. And it feels amazing in this game. It feels so good, it carries the whole game. You end up getting like eight or nine different weapons throughout the course of the game. And some of them are insane and like crazy awesome. The bolt gun I, it carried me through the whole game. It feels so good to use. It's so effective once you learn how to use it. And eventually, you get a heavy version of the bolt gun, and they give you plenty of ammo for it, and it just annihilates. Like, I hardly ever ended up using, like, the special weapons in the game. Sometimes on bosses, I would. Because this game does have a little bit of that Doom Eternal element of it. I don't know if you remember, because it's been a while since we played it. But very specific weapons worked very well against specific enemies. Yeah. So you're constantly like, swapping out. I think they try to do that in this. And there are certainly some weapons that you use them on an enemy. You're like, holy crap, I just wiped them out. And you're like surprised by it. But you can play through the whole game just using the bolt gun in this. Like it, well, you don't name the game after it if it's not effective. Anymore. I mean, they yeah, they should have named the game after it. It feels that good to play this. And it's, called, thing, it's called bolt gun. It is, yeah. So like, but it, but this, I mean, that's the trademark weapon of a space right. marine. So yeah. But they finally made it feel so amazing. Like, I don't know if they're going to have it in Space Marine 2. I'm sure they'll have it. I don't know if it'll feel as good because it's not very different. That's thing. what I was getting at. Like, I don't know if they'll make it feel like it does in this game. Again, whoever handled the gameplay for this, if you're in HR, you're working in talent for games development, go poach that guy right now. Like, whoever it was is really good at what he does. Um so this game is powered by the same finite state machine AI that bolstered the behaviors of the grunts and Valve's Half-Life. It was another 90s shooter. Um, and how it works is the various enemies 
they have a range of behavioral states that they can transition to and from. For example, in one situation, an enemy Chaos Marine might enter a state of awareness if it can't locate the player, only to immediately switch into an overkill state if they sense that the player is in the vicinity and is low on health. It makes the game feel dynamic. So there's some enemies in this game where you shoot them or kill them, and then they transform into two other enemies that come after you. And it's a lot of it is learning the nuance of that. Some of the areas in the game, they they wait for you to kill like the mini boss or the boss before they'll stop spawning enemies. So you may be inclined to go to the fringe of the arena and just mop up the little rank and file guys. What you don't realize is that they're going to spawn into infinity and until you take out some of the bigger enemies in in that particular arena. So there's definitely some strategy imparted into the gameplay as part of the finite state machine, but also just the way that they handle the enemies and the way the enemies work in the game. Um, some of the other enemies, like you already saw the chainsword. Now, I'll admit, I hardly use the chainsword again after the beginning of the game. Like once I got a gun, I used the gun for the most part. And the other thing too is that it may give you, you may think, oh, this is like Doom. Because remember also, the other thing about Doom was if you took out enemies with a gun, you would get one resource after you killed the enemy. If you take them out with a chainsaw, it would give you another resource. So if you needed health, you would use the item that gave you health. If you needed the other item, you would use the weapon. That does not happen in this. Like, it doesn't matter how you kill the enemies. The enemies always drop the same thing. And really, the chain sword is just there for fun. And because it's a big part of Warhammer 40K as well, obviously. Um, but I hardly ever ended up using it. I, I, it's pretty OP. You probably could play through most of the game with the chain sword once you got good with it. But the gun sells so good that I just kind of abandoned it pretty quickly and just switched to guns and used the guns pretty much the whole way through. The first couple you're seeing right now, this is the beginning of the game. And it, you may be sitting there going, man, this looks easy. It is. The first, like, three or four sections of the game are really easy. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had when I first started playing it, I bumped it up from the default setting a notch. Because the default setting they put it on was easy. And I'm like, oh, I usually play the default, but I'm not going to play easy. I'm going to play it on medium. So I started playing it, and I'm like, oh, my God. You can see they just stand there. I'm just, like, wiping them out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to bump up the difficulty in this to even higher than medium. Then I got to, like, the fourth stage, and oh, my God, no. <laughs> Play it on medium, people. Again, the first few stages will seem really easy. That does not last very long. This game is hard. Um, there is a lot of stages, like, because a lot of the game is corridor shooting, and then they'll shove you into an arena. And they're like, okay, you need to kill everything in this arena before we unlock the doors and you can go forward. Some of those arena battles, man, I would have to try them, like, five or six times before I could get through them. And a lot of times it was just luck that I ended up getting through them. Like I just shot the one exploding barrel at the right time that took out like 15 enemies at once. Like when I would get through it, it wasn't like I finally nailed something, something advantageous would finally happen that I would get through it. So this game has some teeth. It is not easy. And there are like three more difficult settings that you can choose for this game. And I do realize a lot of people play these shooters for that. They want to play it on the higher difficulty settings. I'm just telling you for me personally, the medium was more than enough. I was like, I'm good, man. This is as tough as I want it to be. Um, because here's the thing, like even the rank and file enemies, like some of them will have rocket launchers. And if they hit you with a rocket launcher, even though you can take them down with one shot, they'll take half your health with that one shot. And there's literally like 50 of them in the room at a time. So it is very frantic, lots of circle strafing, um, lots of crowd management, lots of trying to get away. And this is one thing I will say about this is because it doesn't have the doom eternal kind of reflexive health where you're like, okay, I know if I kill an enemy with the chainsaw, it will give me health because it doesn't have that. 
a lot of times in this game, you're trying to like run away and get away from enemies and find where there are health pickups in the map. Yep. And it does classic shooter yeah it does slow down the pace of the game at times and kind of takes away from the overall aesthetic of what they're trying to achieve in the game it's like one of those things where like the reason only the first call of duty did that yeah it's like it's okay to copy doom no one's going to begrudge you if you copy the industry standard for this type of shooter like if they had done that like okay you use a chainsaw you get health back it's smart like there's no shame in copying other concepts but they're not trying to do that they're trying to do Exact and, 90s. And, uh, yeah, 90s. Uh, something that could have been in the 90s, but with some modern tech on it. Yeah. And so they don't do that. And so there are there is downtime in this game where you're like trying to, you just try to find a quiet corner yeah. and I mean, go. There are people who hate regenerating health and stuff like that, that desperately they want to play games that you have to find the health pack. You have to manage your health like that. You got to save scum sometimes. Like there's people that want that, that miss that. I am not one of them, but. It, it didn't bother me that much. It does. So the enemies, some of the enemies are bullet sponges. Some of them, one shot they die. But like the mid-level enemies in this band, you unload like three full clips in them before they die. And that's if you're shitting, shooting them in the head. So again, it's not an easy game. I mean, there are times where you're like, man, I really need health. And like, so you get the health and like those little small health pickups are literally just one health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, here's a whole half of the room full of health. And it's like ultimately like 30 health. You need to find those big, like, white, like, health at the shake cases, and they're very stingy with putting those in the levels. And when you find them, you don't use them until you need them. You're like, oh, I got to wait until I'm down to, like, five or ten health, and then I'll come back here and I'll get it. So there's a little bit of strategy involved in that stuff. I realize that most games have moved on from that for a reason, because people got sick of it. Um, a map would be nice. So <laughs> there's no map in this game. There's this little like almost mag like robot that follows you around. You can't see it now. I don't know where he disappeared. And that's the thing. Like he disappears. You're like, where the hell did he go? He cloaks when there's no uh, when there's combat app. He didn't want to get shot. I guess so. That's a standard thing in the Warhammer. Like the, the there he is. There he yeah. was. He just flew by. Uh, Space Marine groups have like this. They have these little thing, little assist AI assistant robot things that cloak during uh, sort of like uh, Jack in uh, Gears of War. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it will show you the way to go, but you have to like sit still and let it fly away. And then as it flies away from you, then you start chasing it. Then it will show you the path to go. It would just be nice to just have a map. Because this is one of those games where ultimately after you've played it for like four or five hours, it does all kind of start to look the same after a while. Although those maps back in the day didn't help much either. Yeah, this these levels are pretty straightforward. The whole game is pretty much linear. There's not a lot of spaghetti as far mm-hmm. as stuff like overlapping on top of each other. There are. So when you finish each level they do count like how many secrets that you found or whatever and there are like hidden walls you can blast through to find the secrets some of the secrets are like crazy power-ups that make all the enemies go in slow motion uh, so they're worth finding um and you do get a grade after you finish each section of the game um but generally i would just rather have a map it wouldn't be that complicated in this game and it would help you like there's a lot of times where i finish a skirmish and i'm like where the hell am i supposed to go because the, the other thing that it does that those old shooters did is you're constantly finding color-coded keys to you need the red key to open the red door you need the purple key to open the purple door and so you have to like a lot of times you will kill all the enemies in a mission and you're just running around trying to find the hidden corridor that has the key or you're trying to find some hidden health because you're down to like five or ten health left or whatever so there is a little bit of downtime that i think they could have found easy ways to remedy but overall as you're seeing in the b-roll it pretty much is just combat like 
wall to wall from the time you start playing until the decide the time you decide that you're exhausted and you need to take a break. This is one of those games that'll wear you out playing it, by the way. Like there's moments where I'm like, I want to keep playing, but I'm like, I need to take a break. <laughs> I just need to like put it down for a little bit. Um, the game is separated into three different chapters. And the weird part about this is, I don't remember this from 90 shooters. After you finish a chapter, it's like Metroid and you lose all your guns and you have to start all over again. Oh, uh, there were a couple that did that. That wasn't common, though. Yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. It's annoying. It's like you build up this awesome arsenal, even though, granted, I used the bolt gun for the most part through most of the game. I did use those higher power weapons for some of the tougher enemies, and you have to start all over again. Now, it doesn't take quite as long in the second and third chapter to get those weapons back and start accessing them again as long as it took the first time, but still, it's a little weird for it to do it two times in the middle of a game. Um, another complaint I have about it, there's just not enough enemy types. Again, you're watching this B-roll. I think there's literally like Also eight... a problem in, in the actual yeah. Space Marine game. In, yeah, right, yeah. And that just might be a 40k license thing. Maybe there just aren't enough different enemy types there in are. the license. I think they're just hard to do. Like, you know, I think the orcs and the Chaos Space Marines are just the easiest enemies to put in a shooter for the most part. Like, because like, the Tyranids are... The Tyranids and the Necrons are, are big too, but they are swarm, like, you know, mass swarm Starship Troopers, alien-style things. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that takes more processing power. In the yeah. End. It's one of the reasons the Tyranids were not in the Don first couple Dawn of War games. Well, some of the enemies in this don't work very well either. Like, I assume oh, you're up, you're fighting chaos uh, right now. I assume there's orcs later. They or? never, there are. They never mix together. Yeah, I'm it's sure. always one or the other. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Is that some kind of thing with no, the license or something? No, no. My, I mean, part of it would is my guess is that um, either there's an issue with loading in that many sprites in one. Map. Even on PlayStation Five, maybe or whatever engine they're using, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or, um, one of the things that might be license related is if a Chaos Space Marine and an Orc run into each other, they're going to fight each other, and mm. they may not have wanted to put take the time to give AI enough that the AI could fight itself. You know now you're I mean? seeing some of what I was talking about, where you wiped out all the enemies. And you're just running, wandering around. Gotta figure out where to go. Like, where do I yeah. go now? Yeah. This happens a good bit in this game. I remember that. And a map would eliminate it. Like, I don't understand why they didn't just put a map in the game. It's really weird. Um, so there's not enough enemies. That's a big problem. And then some of the enemies, like, they just, they almost glitch. Like, there's these weird blue flying enemies. And they just, they don't work with sprites. Like, they just look like these blue mess, like, textures that just come at you really fast and they fly and they get some of the enemies get caught on the geometry their ai isn't very smart it's pretty easy to outsmart them it's really more about the quantity of the enemies that makes the game challenging not the intelligence or the movement of the enemies that make it challenging it's just more about the fact there's like 50 of them in this little room kill them without getting killed um if you google uh that one of the first autocompletes is why is there no map oh really <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, you also, you don't technically have armor in this game. Instead, you collect this thing called Contempt, but it basically yeah. works exactly the same as armor. Well, yeah, just that you're so angry at the heresy that you can't be hurt because right. you're so... I mean, <laughs> it's literally what it is. I know, like, I know. Like, Warhammer is goofy <laughs> as hell. Yeah. Um, as far as traversal is concerned, there's hardly any. You have a jump that's really floaty, and you can jump really high. There's a mantle that doesn't work very well. That's probably my biggest complaint with the gameplay is the mantling is awkward and unreliable. 
which in a game like this where you're constantly getting inundated with enemies, you don't really have time to worry if you're going to grab onto that ledge or not or just fall back down to the ground. And then there's a uh, like a boost. like You can do like a sprint or whatever. And you can also go into the menus and turn on Eternal Sprint if you want to. So you don't have to toggle it on and off. You can just set it up so that it's always working that way. Um, as I said, some of the graphics don't work especially well with the sprites and the pixelization, although generally they do. It's charming, I guess is the best way to put it. If you're a Warhammer 40k person who's really into this IP, I'm sure seeing some of these enemies in this crazy 2D sprite art style is cool. Or we'll just remind you of the old Space Hulk game. Right, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're right. I forgot about that game. Um, but for me, someone who's not a big Warhammer 40k guy, I just thought some of them looked pretty rough. But... Bottom line... I can tell what they are. Yeah. I'm familiar enough with 40K to know what I'm looking at, but it's it's a choice. But bottom line, this game is really fun. And it totally sucked me in. And again, I was playing three different games this week. This is the one I kept going back to. This is the one that I finished, by the way. It ends up... It's about, I don't know, probably like eight, nine hours long. I think it was when it was all said and done, something like that. And I will say this. About halfway through the game, it runs out of enemies. It runs out of weapons. It runs out of new... And so the last half of the game is just difficult, but you're, they're not really throwing much new at you, and that's another kind of ding on the game. But this game is $22. I know that's a weird price point. Hmm. Right now it's on sale on Steam for like 10% off, which puts it basically right at $20. It's worth $20. Like, we talk about indie games all the time. We're always like, oh, it's $35, that's too much, or, you know, $15 is right around the sweet spot. They have priced this game perfectly. I would recommend this to anyone who likes shooters in general, but if you're a fan of those old 90s shooters, this is a no-brainer. Um, at $20, again, I got eight, nine hours of gameplay out of it, and I pretty much loved every minute of it. It's worth every penny to me. I, I say this is a buy. There's no multiplayer. Just putting that out there right now. But again, there are multiple difficulty settings. And again, generally, most people try to play these games on the hardest difficulty setting that they can handle. And I did too, and medium was it for me. So... <laughs> But again, Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun is available for pretty much everything. It's around 20 bucks. I think it's worth every penny. This is one of those little hidden jewels that I'll, I'll be considering for like Indie Game of the Year here in five or six months. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, I think anybody who enjoys shooters is going to have a lot of fun playing it as well. I don't know if everyone's going to finish it because it does get a little monotonous. At I always point. had trouble finishing these old shooters back because there's a certain point where you've just seen it all. I've done it. It's, it's yeah. Like, yeah, okay, another weird map with spaghetti everywhere. I trudged the worst, through. The worst, although the worst about that was Unreal. Yeah. That, that first agree. Unreal game is three times longer than it should be. I'll put it to you this way. First five hours of this, I played straight. Mm -hmm. Just straight through the game. And then I'd play until I'd die. Right. And then I die and I put it aside and I go back to one of the other games that we're about to discuss. And that's how I ended up finishing it. And to be fair, those other games that I was playing, it was very easy for me to go back to Bolt Gun and continue playing that instead of trudging forward in the other games that I was dying in. So um, I think this game is great. I think they nail it. I think they nail the 40K stuff. I think they nail the 90 shooter stuff. Um, and I think there's enough of modern elements sprinkled in there that if you're not a fan of those old shooters, you'll still enjoy playing it. And again, most importantly, the shooting feels amazing. Like, I don't even sense Matt any like auto aim or like assist in this. Like, it just felt like I was just aiming it and it was just butter. Like everything just hmm. felt exactly how I thought supposed. I saw a lot of auto aim in that. But really? You yeah. saw it like adjusting for it? Yeah. I didn't feel it playing it at all. Hmm. 
That might just mean it's a really good auto aim. <laughs> maybe, maybe, or maybe I just yeah, I just wasn't noticing it while I was playing. But, but again, Warhammer 40k bolt gun, a little indie 90s style shooter that I think you guys will get a lot of enjoyment out of, surpri- a surprising amount of enjoyment of, and that's one thumb up from Game Face for that. Um, let's see what you guys are saying about it. I see someone talking about Boomer. Shane's not a boomer, not a generational one. Yeah, I'm not old enough to be a boomer, which is unfortunate because if, if I was a boomer, I'd be dirty rich because <laughs> pretty much all of them are. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Well, a lot of them are. They cut their taxes for themselves for the last 40 years, so they never had to pay any taxes, and so they got to keep all their money, and now no one else can break into the middle class because of it. Um, El Guapo, this game is giving me Doom vibes. you like this more than Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal? Good question. No. No. And the reason I don't like it as much is because it does not have that seesaw mechanic in it. It also, you know, Doom... I mean, it's a throwback. It's a different yeah. thing. Doom Eternal, like, if you watch good people play that, it's like watching some other game. Mm-hmm. Like, if the way you can traverse and fly and jump in that, like, I just played it like a normal shoot. Other people can just fly all over the place in that game. Like, there's nothing like that here, where you can be so good at it that it almost plays like an entirely different game. Um, and I know nothing about Warhammer 40k, by the way. Like, I have no affinity for it. So that really played very little into my evaluation of this game. I really just played it for the shooter itself. Um, is this based on the little figures in model shops? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the board, the tabletop board game. Yeah. Yep. How long is the game? I already answered that. Eight or nine hours. Yes, this footage is PS5, if anyone's asking. It was PlayStation 5, and it always ran like a banshee. Now, our show is 30 frames per second. You're not going to be able to see that watching Game Face, but it ran like a beast. Like, it never buckled. Um, and I think that's it. Yes, I captured this gameplay. If people are asking who captured this, it, this is my gameplay. This was me playing. Almost all the B-roll is me playing, and if it isn't me playing, I'll put a note in our footage saying that uh, it's somebody else. And... In a game that we cover here in a little bit, we did use someone else's uh, footage because my PC sucks. And uh, the game that I was capturing, I was not doing justice to the game. It was making the game look worse than it actually was. Um, but I, again, I credit the footage when we use it. So this was all my footage, though. Anyway, there you go. That is Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun. I say go buy it. It's like 20 bucks. I think it's worth every penny. Next up, we're going to talk about a game that we teased on, well, actually not last week, on last Thursday's show, Alone in the Dark, because I said on that episode that that day they were doing a big blowout. Gotta adjust my seat here a little bit. They were doing a big blowout of the game that day, and in fact they did, and not only did they blow the game out, they put up a demo of the game that you can go and play. Now, it is really short. The demos literally took me nine minutes to finish. I think it's the shortest playable demo that's been out in recent memory. The other thing I would say, too, is that it ultimately didn't represent the game that well. So I played the demo first, and this is not it. Let me see if I can get to the right one here. Here we go. So I played the demo first. I was like, you know, what better than to play the game to get an idea of what the game is? And I played it, and I was like, this is like a point-and-click adventure game that you could run around in. Hmm. And I was like, this doesn't seem that exciting to me, because really, that's all this demo is. You play as this little girl who is in this house with her uncle, and her uncle's going crazy. He's literally going insane. He's been writing out this letter. He's been trying to send this letter. He can't send it out. Um, And you can't figure out why he's acting crazy well as it turns out as a little girl it becomes your job to get the letter sent out and then ultimately the uncle this is like the prologue i guess Mm -hmm. 
The, as it turns out, the uncle goes upstairs into the attic and hangs himself. And that's what the whole plot of this game is about. It, you jump forward in time, and you're playing as the niece of the uncle. And not the same as this girl, by the way, which is weird. It should have been, but it's not. You, you're playing as the niece and a private investigator trying to figure out why the uncle hung himself. You're there afterwards or whatever. And the... Uh, the star of this game is the one dude from uh, Stranger Things. What's his name? David Harbour. Mm. He plays the role of Detective Edward Carnby. He's a hard-boiled, scenery-chewing gumshoe. He's a per perfect cast. And he actually just kind of plays the same character that he played in Stranger Things, where he's a cop versus just a private investigator. Um, and then you also play as um, the, the niece, Emily Hartwood, and that role is played by actress Jodie Comer, who is in Killing Eve, which I've never watched. Mm. Killing Eve is good. Is it good? Yeah. Um, and the one thing I would say is the game kind of gives off a vibe like the, mo the movie franchise, The Conjuring, which I love generally. Like they're getting a little, they're, they're starting to squirt those out a little too quickly at this point. Like the first couple Conjurings I thought were really good. And then the last one I was like, oh, okay, this, this franchise is starting to jump the shark a little bit. But if you're not familiar with it, The Conjuring is a movie franchise where this husband and wife team investigate paranormal, paranormal activity, basically. Usually demons or whatever. And this has a similar vibe. It's that they're a couple, although she's hired him as the private detective, but they're both working on the case together. And the way the game works is you can play the game as either or. You choose. Now, you don't jump back and forth at will. You choose when you start playing the game, and you play as that character the whole way through. And the developers have said that the game does change and the story is altered a little bit depending on which character you choose to play as, which means that, you know, ideally to get everything out of the game, you would have to play the game multiple times. I'm not a person that does that unless there are drastic changes between the two characters, but I know there are a lot of people that actually do and they're into that. Um, so as I said, it stars as two characters. You're basically investigating the mystery around the Heartwood curse, which they don't really give up a whole lot about. Um, and this prologue demo explores the backstory, showing the uncle, how he's deeply concerned, um, and then the young girl trying to figure out why, and then she tries to post a letter for him. Ultimately, he hangs himself in the attic, and the whole Hartwood curse is centered around voodoo because this game takes place in Louisiana in the bayou outside of New Orleans or whatever. And of course, Matt, if it's anything is ever set in New Orleans, it has to center around voodoo. Mm -hmm. that's the way it is that's just a or, a or a giant monster coming to destroy the town yeah one or the other <laughs> which is infamous too yep um as i said both characters are playable and you get a different perspective on the story depending on which one you play um so as i played this demo you can see i'm gonna skip through this really quickly it's literally just her wandering around oh i have the letter now where's the post box that i take the letter to deliver it to oh and there's no action in this at all and so i finished this demo and i'm like this is just a boring point and click this isn't a survival horror game at all but as it turns out there is combat in the game and there's both melee combat and projectile combat you get an arsenal of guns um the melee combat even has like an evade mechanic in it so kind of like a a parry or whatever hmm. so ultimately the game does have combat it is a survival horror game when it's all said and done it's just that demo that you guys may choose to go play yourselves as well doesn't really sell it is that it sells it like it's a point and click without the pointing and the clicking um now there are the detective work they said that a lot of the detective stuff that you do in this is where the puzzles come in um 
They also said that you can, in the menus, you can set it up so that it just plays out the story. And the puzzles solve themselves, or you can set the level of hints that the game gives you. So the accessibility in this looks like it's going to be good as far as do I just want to learn the story and play through the plot and watch that? Do I want to have a lot of action in the game? Do I want to eliminate the action? Do I want to have to solve the puzzles? Do I want the, the game to solve the puzzles for me? So when I played the demo, I was like, this isn't Alone in the Dark. But then as I went back and watched the developer doc that the developers put out about it, I was like, oh, okay, it is. And in fact, as it turns out, this is really just a remake of the first Alone in the Dark. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty much the same character, same cast, same plot, same family, all that kind of stuff. So it's really more than a reboot. It's really just a remake of the first Alone in the Dark, which I think is probably the right call. Because most people don't know what this franchise is. It kind of needs to be rebooted for a modern audience. Yeah, although they already tried to do that at least once. Which one was the one where they tried to reboot it? The, the 2008 game or was a was a reboot. Okay. Pretty much. Like, that was a very different take on it. And it made no references to the other games. So it's like MK. Like it's like Mortal Kombat. Kombat. <laughs> going for the multiple reboots. Except I don't <laughs> think this is going to actually turn out to be the same universe redone by the villain of the last no. game. <laughs> um, they also said that in true survival horror form, that the, the ammo in this game is very scarce and every bullet counts. They said especially when you start talking about the higher powered weapons like the shotgun. Again, I think most people who enjoy, enjoy survival horror, that's what they want out of a survival horror game. I remember right from the original first game, I think you, I think the shotgun, there were, there were like 10 shotgun shells in the hall. Like game. total. Like yeah. It was, I don't know if they're going to that extreme saved, here. I mean, there also weren't that many monsters. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. The, the, any monster fights were like big moments in the game. I don't know if that's going to be the case here. It seems like they're going to be a little more prevalent in this. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then the, maybe the craziest... Also, you can fight with fists. You can fight with guns. You can also pick up items and throw them if you want to. And then the weirdest thing about this is the soundtrack. So the, it is in Louisiana, around New Orleans. So that's led them to think that this game should have a jazz soundtrack, Matt. But that seems weird for a survival horror game. But the weirdest part is that there's this subgenre of music I've never heard of called Doom Jazz. And the soundtrack in this game is comprised of doom jazz, which, okay. <laughs> Subgenre for everything. Yep, I guess so. Um, and then the final information that they shared for this is that the game is coming out on October 25th. October's a big month, man. There's a lot of games coming out in October. Um, and it's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox series, so it's a next-gen only game, although you can't really tell it by looking at the visuals, if you ask me. Um... How's your interest in this now? Do you know a little bit more about it? Like, still zero. Really? Yeah. Still have no interest in it? No. Alone in the Dark is... It was a pioneer at the time. It was the first game that really solidified the 3D survival horror idea before Resident Evil, you know... Fixed camera angles. And... But, like, they've tried multiple times. I would argue there has never been a good Alone in the Dark game. Agreed. A thousand percent. Um, Here's seeing some of the combat and some of the enemies, at least. So it looks like there's definitely more than there was in the OG version of Alone in the yeah, Dark. Yeah, I like David Harbour, but I don't know if he's enough to get me to spend my time doing this. I can't think of too many actors that... See, the, there was the Evade or whatever. I can't think of too many actors where them being in a game would make me want to play the game. Like, I don't know if I can think mm -hmm. of any. As with so many horror things, I feel like it's just going to annoy me. Yeah. 
um even just the throwing stuff i, I want to say the throwing thing was also in the 2008 thing oh really like that was a big so you can pick up anything and throw it as a weapon i was like okay but does it work or is it just like struggling with the menu now i i am a big fan of the conjuring and if this game strays pretty close to that idea that concept then i'm gonna be all about it but i don't know if it does it I mean, feels it honestly feels like stranger things the video game to me at least it seems a lot like that's what it is and of course you have the actor there which doesn't hurt in selling it but um i don't know coming out in october there's gonna be a lot of competition i almost feel like this game should have been delayed until early next year or should have come out earlier this year when it had more of a window i mean i get wanting to put it out in your halloween but like you're up against a few heavy hitters. Call of Duty's in there somewhere. Spider-Man's in there somewhere. It's going to get lost. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this, again, this is coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. It's coming October 25th. My guess is we'll be seeing a lot more of this game in the coming weeks here because they just really started promoting it, and it's coming out in a couple months. So that usually means like what we just got with Diablo, where you just get this dump of media coming in mm -hmm. uh, for the game so by the time october rolls around you will know everything there is to know about alone in the dark but as of right now that's about all that we know uh let's go to chat and see what you guys are saying about it if anything i have a feeling you guys are probably not all that excited mike's q thank you for twitch prime that's awesome man appreciate it um Contano says i remember the first playing the first alone in the dark on the 3do one of the few games worth playing on the 3do i would add <laughs> yeah i mean that and road rash and they had the best port of super street fighter 2 turbo and that's about all i can think of <laughs> justin horman says i feel, feel shameful now but kevin spacey in advanced warfare was the only reason i played that game wow. yeah after what he ended up being exposed as being i can understand that um yeah cinetike says alan wake 2 is on the same month yeah mm -hmm. you're com you're competing for the same minds when you're probably talking, silent hill 2 remake in there so maybe yeah everyone's gonna try all the horror games are gonna try to get in october because you said it's halloween um and el guapo agrees there really isn't any actor that would get me psyched for a game really me either like it i just it, it's a nice bonus if you like yeah. the actor but it's not something that's going to draw me to actually playing the game um erebus jones says looks awful i don't think it looks awful um, but he says, I like games in my games. Just go make a film already. Yeah. I mean, you saw that there's actual gameplay in there at least, but it does look the gameplay that they did show. They didn't show it very long. Mm -hmm. And usually that's for a reason. <laughs> um, they said the or Kevin Roffa says a PS3 game was a reboot where there mm -hmm. was a blinking button. Yeah. Everyone's bringing up the awful 2008 game. <laughs> Um, I do not like Cyber Harbor's face. I don't know. I thought it pretty much looked like him. I recognize that it looks like him, but it's a weird like softening of his features. It makes him look sort of rounded in a weird way. I don't know. It's it's not a great translation. It's sort of like what's his name? Um, uh, the guy who played Cal in the in Fallen Order. Like I think he looks a lot better in the second game. In the first game, they didn't quite get his face right. So it's a little, there's an uncanny valley element to it her irritation at the weird shit going on is very relatable <laughs> uh fire native says you gotta go find the origami killer oh nod mm. to heavy rain there yeah Sean. hopefully this game doesn't Sean. blow the entire plot Sean. <laughs> like they did Sean. in heavy rain <laughs> Sean. yeah that's right Sean. I played that game all the way to the end. Remember when I cut out the whole thing where he was going to be the origami killer, but then they left all the hints that he was the origami, so none of that just ever gets resolved, and yeah. it's all just fucking weird, and none of it goes anywhere? Well, I mean, the big plot in that whole game 
is that she has the shoebox of clues under the bed. Mm-hmm. And instead of just opening it and reading all the clues and solving the mystery immediately, she takes them out one by one throughout the course of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just take all the clues out and figure out who it is right now. It's like, how did you miss that? Like, if you're making that game, like... Well, also, like, there's no way to... The, the twist makes no sense because of that, because of cut content, and because, like, we should have known that by right. virtue of what we were doing in the game. Yeah. And then it just does it. It's like, I, it's, <laughs> it is one of the most dishonest reveals in the history of, like, whodunit storytelling. <laughs> it's unbelievably bad. Uh, nice toil. Press X to Sean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason. Yep. Jason. Yeah. Like Matt loves the David Cage games. That's one thing we all know is oh, how, yeah. much, how much Matt loves anything that David Cage works on. Anything he touches. <laughs> Turns to gold. <laughs> Uh, okay. I wish, I wish Elliot Page just sued him more. Yeah, and he and also they bring up which are never explained because they dropped that plot line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. And somehow I still played it all the way. Like to the if end. you take the punchline out, you got to remove the joke. Right. Too. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how that works. Yeah, I I don't understand. Actually, which choose one? David Cage or Kojima? Kojima. Me too. I take Kojima. As, as insufferable as Kojima's pretentiousness can be, like at least he's made a couple games that are, are games. At least some of the gameplay is enjoyable yeah. in his games. Like yeah. I don't care that Metal Gear Solid One doesn't make any sense. It's a collection right. of mini games I enjoy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Kojima has at least made a, at least one game that I consider great. Yeah. Or so. even like you know I don't like Metal Gear Solid Three or Death Stranding, but at least I can look at those and be like, that's an interesting idea on paper. And or, I can understand why some people might like yeah, them. I can get that. David but, Cage's games, I really struggle to understand no, David, how I mean, somebody. I mean, well, the gameplay like is garbage, no matter which one you're talking right. about, and yeah. they're all written like, I don't know, for twelve year olds. Basically, it's that, but like they certainly don't think they are. Yeah, but like. There's not much left to say if, if you're like if you're into like the Kojima and stuff. I'm just like okay, well we like different things in terms of gameplay. If you like David Cage's storytelling, I'm like well, that's unfortunate <laughs> that you you haven't encountered better storytelling yeah. than that to know why it's so terrible. But here we are. Yeah, El Guapo says I'm the biggest Kojima stan here, so I can never be unbiased. <laughs> what do you guys say, Kojima or David Cage? What do you guys say in chat? Everyone's, it looks like everyone's saying Kojima. Let's flip to chat here so everyone can see it that's watching the show. Cage all day because I love Detroit, says Sneaky. Well, that's <laughs> Erebus a, Jones that's says a, I choose death. <laughs> that's a bold thing to admit in public. <laughs> the Abrams says I never saw David Cage and Kojima in the same room. Mm. <laughs> um, Pharaoh Dahl says the only people I know who like David Cage always turn out to be bad people. <laughs> You guys are funny today. Vortex Complex. I'm full send on Kojima Deepness. Okay. Um, Rigor Mortis says they should collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Endurance says Cage. It actually is kind of split down the middle, actually. Um, you have to play one of their games. Uh, Cage and Kojima eats bullet. Okay. Cyber Exile says both of them are frauds. Hi, David Kojima. <laughs> hey, David Kojima. You guys are funny today. You guys are on your game on this Tuesday. Um, Mike's Q says, if I have to choose between the two, I'll go read a book. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the better choice. Cinetike says, I actually liked many Cage games, just don't tell Matt. And Ultimate Villain says, I'm a fan of both. Eric, Mar- Eric Cartman is well, like, neither. Like they said, they turn out to be bad people, and he is the ultimate villain. Yeah. 
There you go. Tiny blip in history says Kojima. I think Kojima narrowly edged out Cage, Kojima, but it was close. Kojima absolutely makes better video games. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess the, if you don't care about some of the worst writing I've ever seen in a, in a narrative game, David Cage could pass the grade. But, like, there's no way to argue that David Cage makes better video games in terms of game mechanics than Kojima. That's just nonsense. Commander Fett kind of nailed it. He says at least there's gameplay in a Kojima yeah, game. So exactly. <laughs> you get the win. For me, automatically, being a gameplay guy, he gets the win automatically because of that. Um, Kojima Metal Gear Solid is top tier, meaning the first one. Maybe. Because I mean, to me, after that, it just gradually got less. I mean, that's the first one's still my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yep. But, like... <laughs> Still waiting for them to remake that one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yep. we'll get those remasters, but those are all yeah. the same things, more or less, as what came out back on the like the 360. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's Alone in the Dark. Somehow we ended up on a tangent talking about David Cage and Kojima, because this is Game Face, and that's what we do. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about the game you guys probably thought was going to be the first game we talked about, but this game is so damn bad that there's no way it could have been first. And that is The Lord of the Rings Gollum. Or as the press release called it, the Lord of Ring. Is that really what it said? In their, in their apology for how bad it is, the <laughs> first time they mention the game, they call it the Lord of Ring Gollum. Here's what I just want to say. This game was developed by Datalik Entertainment. You guys probably don't even know what Datalik Entertainment is. I only do because I got to curate crap so you guys can read it on Sifted. And Datalik Entertainment just makes one god-awful game after another and... The god-awful games are point-and-click adventure games. So what has happened here was Datalik was like, you know what, let's actually try to put some action in our games. And they made the Lord of the Rings Gollum. And it, I'll say this. So its Metacritic right now is 40. And I would say if you actually reviewed games on a full 10-point scale, that's accurate. However, the outlets that have it at the 4 are outlets that review on the 7 to 10 scale. And in that case, I would say that maybe is a little bit low. Um, and now I'm guessing I played it with a patch. So, you know, these the journalists are playing review code. I played the final version of the game. And so it's not broken in like a buggy, like crash bug kind of way. It's broken in that the developers had absolutely no idea what they were doing. Hmm. You can tell that this was a game made by people who had never made a game with actual action in it in their lives. <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin. So if you read a lot of reviews, though, they say that there's just bugs everywhere in the game. I read one review that said the game crashed 120 times or something. <laughs> I have never had a crash. I have not had a single crash bug in the game. And I will admit... I've only played it about four or five hours because that's all I could stand. Mm -hmm. And again, not because it was crashing all the time, because it's an abysmal video game. So we'll get the B-roll rolling here because I know you guys all want to see it. I have played some of their games before. Datalicks? Datalick. Some I like some of them. I liked uh, some of the Deponias. I liked uh, the Whispered World. Mm. But like those were... A couple of the Dark Eye games were okay, mm -hmm. but those were all adventure games. Yeah, there are no, there are no action scenes in any of those yep. games. And uh, to be fair, there's not a lot of action in this either. It's mostly just a stealth game. But there are times where you have to evade enemies. You have to run fast. There's a lot of platforming. As far as like, there's a lot of climbing. There's a lot of jumping, and the jump is really fun. It's so crazy, man. That little frog dude can jump about thirty feet high. Why has he got so much hair in this? It, 
Matt, is it before he went bald? This, uh, people are asking which platform. I played this on PS5, as, as you're wondering. So his B-rolls all played on PlayStation 5. He looks awful. Mm-hmm. Schmeagol, whatever you want to call him, Gollum, he looks awful. His eyeballs are gigantic, which is accurate. And they just go in like these random directions. They're trying. Because let's be honest. Schmeagol's eyes, very expressive in the films. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have to say anything. You know what he's thinking just by looking at his eyes. And they tried to do that in this game. And it just his it's just insane. His eyes are just going all these different directions. are constantly like the pupils are constantly shrinking and growing. Like they just had no idea how to animate eyes in real time. And so it's a joke. <laughs> Wait, and he looks terrible. You can actually turn on and off the hair effects in this game. And all it does is it even makes his hair look greasy or look like fluffy. That's pretty much the difference that it makes. Um, well, you can, you can see Gandalf is in this at least, which is nice. You're like, oh, there's two. Yeah, it looks like Gandalf and uh, Thranduil. Yeah. Um, basically, this oh, game. That's, that's I like that. But how they did like the way the, they, that's that's like the the style of the cover of the old printings of the Hobbit. Yeah, that's that's a, that's like a nice touch. I mean, I'll say this, Matt. You can tell that they tried to show the proper respect to the IP, and the one probably the best part of the game is handle is how they handle the IP. They do hand it with kid kid gloves and like show it generally show it the attention to detail and the respect that it deserves. It's just when you go to actually play the game that it, the problems start to pop up. The game is set in the time period between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, mostly during his slavery in Mordor. And then his, basically what happens is you get captured at the beginning of this game and you're enslaved in Mordor and you're in this like prison camp or whatever. And it becomes this weird thing where like some like it's a day by day occurrence the way it's, it's built. Like day one, you go out and like some days you just go and you stand in a line literally yeah. i heard some people just like uh i want to come home from my job and play a game that isn't like having a job that because that's what the first half of this game is and then eventually you escape because you're trying to get the ring back precious because it was taken from you like 60 years ago or whatever by the mm-hmm. hobbit and so once you escape this prison you try to find him to get the ring back basically and that's the overarching plot of the game and so the first half of the game takes I wonder place if he'll get it Gee, I wonder. <laughs> I, I mean, do that, not understand why this game exists. I, I don't either, Matt. Probably because they got the license really cheap, mm-hmm. is my guess. But why this? Why is this your idea? I don't understand. I don't know. You mean with the character or just the that it's a stealth game? Yes. Well, I mean, what are you going to do with Schmeagel? Like, he, he's Both weak. He weighs like 50 pounds. Right, so why pick him? Now, there are moments in this where you can sneak up behind enemies and you can choke them to death somehow. Like, I mean, he is good at that. But before they can fling you off, you choke him, and it takes forever. Like, the first time I did it, I hit, like, the triangle button, and he jumped up on him, and I released the triangle button, and he jumped off and, and was, like, killed. You have to hold the triangle button in. It takes him, like, yeah, 10 I, seconds to strangle him. I never needed to see Gollum shimmy. <laughs> so when I was saying earlier that it's not, like, the bugs that kill this game, it's the fact that the people who made it have no idea what they're doing. So... The, the type of things that happen in this, mat is there's, like, little sections where you have to, like, crawl on your belly through these really, like, narrow crags or whatever. You'll come out of one of those, and as soon as you stand up, there's a cliff. And you just fall off the cliff and die. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, like, level design 
101 stuff. Like things that if you had made one game that actually had action gameplay in it, or even really played one for that matter, you would know that that is awful level design and so boneheaded. And this game just has it all over the place. Fail conditions for the stealth that are just absurd. The game never tells you what you need to be doing or where you need to go. The graphics are so awful that it's hard to tell in the environment where it wants you to climb or where it wants you to go and where you can and can't go. Like, particularly with the rock, like textures, like figuring out which rock textures allow you to climb and which ones don't, very hard in this game. And so a lot of times you'll jump for a wall thinking that you're going to cling onto it and you don't and you fall to your death. Now, the funny part about it is that developers have figured out that this game is so bad that they just there are checkpoints every five feet. I'm not exaggerating, Matt. If you die in this, when you respawn, you're literally 10 feet away from where you died. So at, some, at a certain point, the developers were like, yeah, if we don't make it very easy to keep playing this game, nobody's going to keep playing it. And I'll be honest with you, I got four hours into it. I was like, no more. No mas. I was like, I'm good. Um... So again, it takes place between the events of The Hobbit and The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, the locations that you visit, and I'll probably completely massacre these names. Corinth uh, Ungol? Kirith Ungol. Kirith Ungol. Barad-dur. Barad-dur. Barad-dur, which is what you're seeing now. Uh, and then Mirkwood is the final mm-hmm. location in the game. Um, and obviously the goal is to try to find Bilbo Baggins and retake the One Ring while, you know, avoiding Sauron, mm-hmm. who's always looking. Um, it is set 66 years after Bilbo gets the ring from Gollum. Yeah. Kirith Ungol, by the way, is that big tower the ring race right out of in Lord of the Rings, and Barad-dur is the tower with Sauron's eye on top of it. Okay. I should have known that, but I did not. Yeah, only if you memorize the names of these weird things. Yeah, they're hard to remember, honestly. Um, but, like, the story... So, this, the, like I said, like, the reverence for the IP is one of the highlights in this, but the storytelling is still so awful. Like, the... The voice act. First of all, the voice actor who does Schmeagel is abysmal. Like I think I could imitate Gollum better. Well, I think they shouldn't even be trying to imitate that. Like you, you can do whatever you want with it. It's not the movie license, so you can use your own interpretation. You should go a different direction. Don't you think people would freak out though if he didn't sound like Schmeagel? I mean, I think they're freaking out worse as it is because <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound right. So like, do yeah. something completely different. Like go in a totally different direction. I mean, Gollum has looked and sounded completely different many, many times. That's true because there is no direct description of him beyond the vaguest. Yeah. I mean, no one even knows if Balrogs have wings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because of how Tolkien wrote that se- yeah, sequence. Yeah. So, like, do your own thing. Like, that would probably be received better, I think. The audio mixing in this is terrible. Like, sometimes you can't even hear what he's saying anyway. Like, a lot of the other characters in the game, you can't hear them at all. I had to turn off the music so I could hear what they were mm-hmm. saying in this game. Like, the, the audio mixing is just all over the place. I flipped around to a bunch of different sound modes on my receiver. It didn't matter. It's just the mixing is just bad and way too low. Um, there's also one of the things that they did with this game that could have been cool was they let you play as the character. They let you role play as either Schmeagel or Gollum. So there's certain points where they, they'll ask you a question and they'll say, do you want to answer this question as Schmeagel or Gollum? Meaning, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're, he's, he has split personalities. So they're different personalities. And you think, oh, you know, if, how I approach this conversation as one of the, the two personalities will affect. No, it doesn't do anything. And it's very easy to tell because you can die doing nothing in this game. So you can go back and try the conversation again. And you realize if you choose the other option, it all plays out the same way. So the concept could have worked. 
with the character, but they don't. There's actually no payoff for it at all, and so it's just frivolous and basically a sham, which is sad because again, that was one part of the game where they tried something cool and new, and they just couldn't get it right. Mm. It's weird about the voices. That dude has done voices for many, 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 many years. Uh, what many, voices? Many, many things. Gollum's voice. Oh, and has he played Gollum before? Never played Gollum before. No, but he's been he's done other voices uh, in other things, and he's fine in those. Like nothing like super standout. Like this guy did this, but it's like he's been in a lot of stuff, and you've heard him in a ton of stuff, and probably never stood out at all. But like it's weird that like all of a sudden it, it's weird looking at his. I mean, he has done a bunch of data, data like stuff, mm. but it is interesting looking at this and being like, oh, like, why would you pick him, him. <laughs> to do that voice? Precious. People are asking most, me to imitate me. I mean, the, the most prominent thing I see is uh, he has a lot of additional voices and minor characters, but uh, if you remember the first Witcher game, mm -hmm. you remember that, like, really, like, upright knight of the Scarlet, you met in, like, the sewers early on, no. Siegfried? Like, he was him, uh, who's a very, like, ha, you know, almost uh, like the tick kind of thing. It's, it's, it's like, yes, Witcher, I will team with you kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, why, I don't, I don't know. Like, who knows, yeah. who knows what the, what the, um, who knows what the, the, you know, uh, auditions were like, but he's also in the Xenoblade. He was Riku in Xenoblade. Mike's Q says that apparently there's an achievement for all Schmeagle dialogue and all Golem dialogue, but I don't know if it changes the actual ending. I can pretty much guarantee you that it doesn't change much of anything. Um, and basically the gameplay is split between old-fashioned, like, linear traversal sequences, which you were seeing earlier on, and these weird, awkward, clumsy, and completely uninteresting stealth sections. Schmeagel can pick up rocks and he can use them to like manipulate the dumb the dumb enemies and they are dumb or here's the kicker Matt so you, if you hide in the shadows in this game and at first I, they said like hide in the shadows and I thought that it was just like a suggestion yeah it's literal if you hide in the shadows in this game they cannot see you you can be standing next to them in a shadow and they cannot see you it's insane. I mean, it's sort of like uh, Horizon. A little bit. Yeah. Like, you should be able to see her in the grass. Right. Yeah. Well, here, it's not even it the grass. You're standing mm -hmm. in the open. In a shadow. In a shadow. Right next to them. And they cannot see you. It's absurd. Well, orcs don't have very good... Well, it's crazy because I couldn't figure out what the game wanted me to do. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, how do I get through this? And then I literally just stood in the shadow and I realized they could not see you. You know, it was halfway through Forbidden West when I realized that uh, she hides in red grass because her hair blends in with yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> okay, that's why I can't hide in the other grass. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. There are, I'm, I'm glad Gollum went back to the hair club for hobbits there yeah. for, for this, this game. It's earlier on, he, before they tore all his hair out, I guess. Yeah. In, in the torture between yeah. uh, in the fellowship. No, you're right. There's more. Yeah, there's more hair there. <laughs> I don't know, dude. As you play, once you get, like, the rock-throwing ability, you don't really get... And I only played five hours, but I played a good three or four hours where I didn't get any new abilities. No upgrades well, how to many existing new abilities, abilities. How new abilities can you get if you're just playing, like, a crazy naked hobbit? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, he has a stamina meter. You can't improve that throughout the game, and it literally depletes. You can sprint, like, three steps before it's dead. Mm -hmm. And there's certain sections of, of, like, it's so weird. So there's sections of the game where you can, like, climb and hang as long as you want. And then just randomly they'll be like, you know what? If you hang from this ledge, 
You only can you only have your stamina meter before you fall. It's well, like I, what the. Well, I saw the the. The little tooltip thing. Look at said, the eyes. Look at said, eyes. It says the stamina meter comes into play if you don't have a foothold. Oh, okay. So if you're just if hanging. You don't put your foot on it, on your, your it. stamina drains. Yeah. And again, you can't upgrade your stamina at all. So I'm assuming the whole game is built knowing that you're just going to have that one yeah. stamina meter which, the whole way through. Which indicates that there's no reason to do that. Right. Because there's nothing to overcome that can't just be overcome by holding the stick in one direction. Yeah. So what's the point? Exactly. As you guys are seeing... This is one of those games where everything from afar looks pretty good. Yeah, that's a nice background there. And then the closer, here's what I was talking about where you can respond as either Schmeagle or Gollum. Mm -hmm. You can choose like each situation, whether you want to act as the insane like Gollum or if you want to play as the more reasoned Schmeagle. Or is that reverse? I don't even know. The what? Which is crazier, Schmeagle or Gollum? Gollum is basically evil. Schmeagle is his original Hobbit personality. As close as it can get. Yeah. Before he was transformed. But the closer you get to everything in this game, the worse it looks, as you can see right there. Look at his face. It's so bad. Like that facial animation. Look at the eyes. Look. <laughs> he, looks like a, he looks like a Muppet with PTSD. Golem won the argument. He had the arguments with himself. Yeah, I mean, that, he did yeah, do that. That's, that's, a little, that's a, little more, a little more cinematic in the film. But. Yeah. And then later on, they give you a, cho a choice of whether you want to eat the insect or let the insect live. Also, like, it's it's weird in the sense that, like, the, the interesting part of the character development in Lord of the Rings is it's after finding some kind of kinship with Frodo that the Smeagol personality starts to actually defy the Gollum personality. Right. Like, that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. So the idea that they would argue with each other in this time period makes no sense. It doesn't. Yep. They're just trying to get something out of the character. You know, I agree with you a thousand percent. Why would you make a game about this character? So the closer you get, the more ugly the game I'd looks. I'd rather play as the Witch King. Yeah. The closer you get to things, the worse the game looks. And overall, this is just an ugly game. It's an ugly lead character. The the levels are ugly. They Why would they choose to put you in this prison, mm. this ugly, oppressive place that you don't want to be yeah, I mean, with this it, ugly character that you don't want to play as i mean this is just what mordor looks like and it clearly takes place almost entirely in mordor i think one of the smartest things shadow of mordor and shadow of war did was they gave mordor green areas right they made mordor have more biomes than just blasted heath and burning volcano yep um which is not canonical but like it's whatever a, it makes for better surroundings <laughs> yeah. playing a game yeah and the is enemies it, look terrible. This is like a big throwback to like that the you know the previous gen like two two gens ago brown and gray everything's yeah. brown and gray brown and this gray. Is a, it, I mean this whole game, right back to two thousand six. Yeah, that's where this game comes from. That's what I relate it to playing games and in two thousand six this would have been like a seven out of ten. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but it probably would have. Um, but it's not just Schmeagol that looks terrible. All the orcs and everything, like, their noses are, like, they, they couldn't model them right. So it looks like you're looking into their brain, like, yeah. and, like, their voice samples don't work half the time. And, or they come out, you can't hear them, or they just don't play at all. A lot of the, the characters' faces in the game aren't animated at all. They're talking, and their faces just sitting there still. It's just bad. Again, like, I have had no crash bugs, nothing like that. The game is just bad all on its own without crash bugs. Hmm. So if you play a version that does have stuff like that, God help you. That's all I can say. Like, I... So after the show last week, Matt and I were talking, and we're like, oh, what are we going to have in next week's show? And I was like, oh, well, the Lord of the Rings Gollum is coming out. And Matt was like, no, I don't want to buy that game. I don't want to play it. And I told him, I'm like, that's okay. I'll jump on the grenade. 
and uh, play it. And that's exactly what I've done. I stuck with it as long as I could. I got to the four or five hour mark, and that was pretty much as much as I could take. Um, do you have any questions about the game, Matt? Nope. Yeah. Can it be recycled? Um. <laughs> yeah, I um, I do wonder what kind of power this IP even has at this point. I mean, I think the main story is always going to have its its power, but like you know, in terms of doing weird spinoffs, like that's just that's just Warner Brothers being desperate. Because I watched the Amazon show. And I got like four episodes into that, and I quit. I just thought it was boring. Oh, that was fine. It was. I I didn't like the the proto Hobbit clearly a wizard subplot because it just yeah. felt like it was wasting time. Um, I know everybody thinks that's Gandalf, but it's totally not. Yeah. Um, it's one of the blue wizards. Mark my words. Um, but like a lot, you know, it was interesting seeing some of it. But it's like, again, if that was the interesting part of the story, that's the part of the story Tr- Tolkien would have told. Mm-hmm. Like. The, the the frustration of telling a story elsewhere in Lord of the Rings is that if you're not telling the story of how Bilbo found the ring and then how Frodo went on the quest to destroy the ring, you are telling a side story. Yeah. You are telling a story that cannot have a satisfying or meaningful ending because nothing ends until Sauron's defeated. It's why the new trilogy that probably takes place in the war in the north isn't going to matter because that, that war ends because the ring is destroyed. Yeah. That's not the same story. Like... You can tell probably like the story of the big battles against Morgoth in the first age, but a lot of that is so um, far flung and weird that like people probably maybe or maybe would. I don't know. I mean, maybe people would go to see, see a movie where a hundred Balrogs show up. Yeah. But like part of the reason the Balrog is cool in Fellowship is because there's nothing else in that movie trilogy like him. Yeah. Um, and like. You know, and on top, I mean, you can do something with it. I mean, I think the Shadow Games figured it out, which was like, okay, we just kind of ignore canon, make up our own thing, set it in the trappings of it, and make you really weird and powerful and, like, let you play around with it, and then we'll come up with something on its own that makes the game worth playing, which is the Nemesis system, which we're then going to patent and never do anything with ever again. Yeah, Um, that's a shame. But, like... So that was, you know, those are definitely, I would say, the best non-adaptation of the main story games maybe ever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the otherwise you're left with things like Battle for for Middle-Earth, which is retelling the story of the main war, the War of the Ring. Uh, Stuff like this doesn't matter. Like, there's no, I don't know what this is for. I don't know why it's here. But you also, you ultimately know where it ends up. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, there's not a whole lot of intrigue when you know exactly what's ultimately going to happen. And, and the other the, thing I would say, too, is... In the end, Gollum is not an important character except in the fact that he accidentally completes the quest at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as, as uh, Gandalf says, he has a part to play yet. But, like, that's kind of the problem. It's like his main role is in the... Yeah, he had two main roles, and that's to be Frodo's guide and ultimately the, the solution to the quest of the ring and to be the person that bilbo gets the ring from in the first place and he wasn't even intended to be that because the hobbit was not written with lord of the rings in mind and in the original printing of the hobbit Gollum is actually kind of a jolly little weirdo like he's not yeah. a, a wretched wretched little creature um he gives the ring to, to bilbo as his prize for winning the riddle game yeah as opposed to being considering bilbo to have stolen it right so the other thing I say about this game too is it made me feel bad playing it because they treat him so terrible. Like he's constantly mm. being beaten and like, I mean that is canon. It is, so. but it's just like there's nothing redeeming about this game that makes me want to keep playing it. 
It just was just it was just drudgery. Mm-hmm. The visuals, the voice acting, the characters, the locale, just everything about it just made me not want to play it. Like mm-hmm. there isn't there are elements just, he's of always Daedalus. getting beaten and like I'm just like there are what? elements of Daedalus other games that have always made me wonder what their deal is in terms of sort of what they seem to find funny or what they seem yeah. to find interesting the the black like I, if you, you tell me that that's them and i look them up and i see that they made the blackguards games and i'm like oh yeah that tracks to the, like they don't have action games sequences but they have a similar oppressive tone the dark eye games have that same thing too mm-hmm. um there's just sort of like a little there's a little edge lordiness to a lot of what they make uh even deponia has that in the terms of in the way that the the, the, the protagonist of that game does stuff that you're like i don't want to play as this guy um See, I don't know. But, I mean, I thought this game was going to be a loser from the instant they first showed it because it's just such a dumb idea. Um, so <laughs> a story untold. It's because nobody it's wanted to not, tell it. It's not it. worth telling. <laughs> also, like, we do know this story. We know that he got he went left the Misty Mountains looking for the ring. He got, you know, bound up in a bunch of Sauron crap out in Mordor. Yeah. And then uh, they went looking for him again. Um, after, after Gandalf and, and them went looking for him because they like they once Gandalf realized that well, there was one of those that Bilbo had the ring after his birthday he goes and looks for him because in the in the book ba- uh, Gandalf's gone for seventeen years yeah well five of the and years like, is, are in this yeah yeah and like he's so they do get Gollum eventually but he's already been you know he's just been captured and tortured to, by uh, by Sauron at that point maybe that's why he lost his hair. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that, but like that story is told, and the only thing you need to know about it is what Gandalf tells Frodo at Rivendell, yeah, and at the Council of Elrond, yep. because it's not interesting and not important. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All you need to know is that Gandalf and Aragorn do know who Gollum is and have interacted with him before, and that was what Aragorn was doing before he was sent to meet up with the hobbits. Was he was sent to go track down uh, where Gollum was? Yeah, but like, there's nothing like interesting or dramatic to that. It's just a desperate junkie looking for his fix and getting into horrible trouble the whole time yeah like that's not a compelling thing to play as in a game i don't think yeah and the objectives aren't compelling either like either you're doing the stealth stuff you're doing the platforming stuff or there's these weird sections where like monsters will chase you and you need to lead them through these gates that they'll break open for you so then you can then get to another area where you platform and stealth it's just there's not a lot redeemable about this game. I, I don't know why this game wasn't canceled, Matt. Can you imagine working on this game? This game has been in development for like four years. Yep. Could you imagine getting a year two and being like, you know what? I think it's a good idea to keep working on this game. I mean, as soon as that became... Call the our, duh consulting firm. I mean, we'll that, tell you. As soon as they started working, you know, if this became my current project, I'd be looking for another yes. job. Yep, exactly. So it's terrible. It's not as bad as people say as far as the bugs and stuff are concerned. It's just a really bad game. It feels like it was made like 20 years ago. So stay far away. I don't care how much you like the Lord of the Rings. Go on YouTube and watch a compilation of cutscenes. Worst case scenario. Um, do not play this game. Do not buy it. This game is $60. They tried to charge $60 for this game, Matt. It's available for everything. Literally everything. It's like every platform. And it's sixty bucks on all of them. This game's going to be thirty dollars within a week, would be my guess. Yeah, if you really want to play it, you'll be able to get it cheap by Black Friday. That's yep, for sure. Absolutely. So stay far away. Especially, there's so many great games coming out. This is 2023, people. We got no time for this trash. Like, they should have canceled that game a long time ago. Um, Age of the Legend Watson says this should be a start point for a new show on Sifted called Why. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, Vincent says it's not on Switch yet. It's not, but it's coming soon. But who cares? Don't play it. Sounds I can't even imagine how awful like it will run on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. That is the Lord of the Rings Gollum, never to be mentioned ever again, except for during our Game of the Year awards, where we give awards for the worst game of the year. That's definitely high up on the list. All right, let's move on to our last topic for today's episode. And I've actually been trying to talk about this game for the last couple episodes. We kept running out of time, and I'm actually kind of running out of time right now. I'll be honest with you, I'm in pain right now. But I, I want to get through this game because it's been in like the last two episodes, and we have not talked about it. And that game is Starship Troopers Extermination. Matt, what do you think of Starship Troopers? I love the movie. Me too. Like... A lot of people will point to um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off as the one scene where that made turn the boys into men. <laughs> one shot at the pole where she comes out and she pulls her mm-hmm. bikini top off. But Denise Richards in Starship Troopers, I think, was my moment. When you were like 24. <laughs> Wait, was I that old? They came out in 97. I guess you're right, actually. Well, one thing I remember about that movie is Denise Richards. Yeah, and I think you're talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe well one thing i do remember about the movie though was denise richards yeah she was in her prime and i just remember i was just mesmerized by her by the entire movie any scene that she was in i didn't look at anything but denise richards like they had technology that could show where the eyes were like my eyes would just be on her the whole time but i also did love the movie um it was great and i love the style that they did it in what was the game from the showcase that we were like was it ghost runner 2 or um, no. no, it was the the other one, the Hell <laughs> the other Dive. two. It's Hell Hell Divers, Hell Divers too. Divers yeah. Two. yeah, it had a very similar style to mm-hmm. that. Well, this is actually a game based upon Starship Troopers, and it's not like a game that tries to like imagine what ended up happening if they had made another Starship Troopers movie. Which why did they never make another one? They made three of them, really, and a CG animated series. They're all terrible. Were the other two in theaters though? Uh, one of them was. The others were direct to video. Uh, that's probably when I never Casper knew about. Casper Van Dien came back for the third one. Um, I was at the premiere of that one. Um, they're not good. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, there's a. <laughs> I never saw them. I mean, they're not worth seeing. The the Roughnecks is the name of the CG animated series. That was all right. Uh, but I mean, the problem is that the the source material was not the source material. Um, they wrote a. I mean, Verhoeven and his people wrote a you know anti-fascist like propaganda film Mm -hmm. uh propaganda film from the point of view of the fascists Mm -hmm. basically um and uh it was so close to the the premise of starship troopers the robert heinlein book that they basically had to license it but verhoeven (laughs) hated it because the heinlein book actually endorses sort of a lot of the fascist Uh, and authoritarian ideas because heinlein had some interesting opinions Uh um like the whole like you have to serve in the military to be allowed to vote like that was unironically promoted in the book and oh, so got uh apparently Verhoeven got 50 Verhoeven a Holocaust survivor got 50 pages into the book and threw it across the room and never touched it again <laughs> um which fine because it, it's a terrible book however the one thing I will say that I missed because it was it's not it, it was only there to be not sued uh yep. but in the book you may we may watch the the movie and play this game and be like why are they chasing why are they fighting giant super fast super powerful bugs with like Basically, like machine guns yeah, on an foot. AK-47. <laughs> in the book, they have power armor. They have uh, mechs, basically. Gotcha. And the mechs finally showed up. The power armor basically showed up in, uh, I think, Halo-style stuff. Like the Mjolnir armor, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, me- the mechs finally showed up in um, the third movie, and they look awful. They yeah. just, but they do pop up. The power armor is sort of in the, the CG show. Okay. But that was not what Verhoeven was trying to say. 
Um, and I'm always curious of when they when they do games or when they do adaptations, like how much they take from the book, how much they take from the movie, because they're very different entities and they have very different points of view. I don't I remember, even remember the second one being in theaters at all. I think it was briefly. They were not big, but they, you know, none of the original cast was in them. Like they were just like cash in things. Yeah. You know, they used to do those yep. cheap, fast sequels. Like yep. they were like. I mean, they still kind of do them when franchises die now. Yeah, but that, you know, back everything was straight to VHS, straight to DVD back in the day. You had like you know those. Just terrible sequels. Like, yep. And Disney did it with their animated stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, did. You know, that, that yep. kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, Starship Troopers Extermination is a cooperative shooter for 16 players. So 16 players at a time go out on this gigantic open world map, and there are these mission objectives that just randomly pop up. Some of them are go over here and wipe out this horde that's about to come come in. Some of them are go to these these mining positions and defend them while they're attacked by that they call them bugs the only good mm. bug is a dead bug so they do seem to have some permutation of the power armor here they're, they're fully covered they have helmets that might, might just be so they have to render people's faces but. yep i'm guessing that's exactly why they're like oh convenient that this actually came along later on in the ip's history um, and then you're split into four four-man squads. So before the game begins, you choose your squad, and then you deploy and you head out. And it's this series of events that take place every single time. And so far, what I've played, there's only one map. Um, and I'm sure as time goes on, there will be more maps. Um, although this game does or, sell for 25 bucks. You know, mm -hmm. they probably should have more than one map right at the beginning. Yeah, that's a little surprising. But the map is gigantic. And it is varied as far as like the biomes that you have. And it's a series of events that you kind of take part in every time and you play as a team. Um, as you might guess, it puts you on the far front lines of the all-out battle against all the bugs. You scrab up, you squat up, grab your rifle, and do your part as an elite deep space vanguard trooper set to take back planets claimed by the arachnid threat. I'm doing my part. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no more. <laughs> See the lower third there? Mm. Want to know more? Is that what he used to say? Yeah. Do you want to know more? Yeah. Yep. There are people that do not understand that this is supposed to be uh, like a propaganda satire. Oh, really? Like uh, there are people that can't. When I so I reviewed this when it, for my college paper when this came out. The movie. And everyone, yeah, and everyone said I was crazy because I thought it was a satire that I didn't think you're supposed to like take. Oh, really? The, the main. I'm like Doogie Howser <laughs> shows up as a psychic Nazi Gestapo right. guy at the end of the. Well, you fucking think you're watching here? Yeah. It's all framed as a movie from in-universe point of view of this government. Yeah. Like. I, there's an argument to be made that the bugs don't even send the asteroid that destroys Buenos Aires and it's a false flag. Yeah. So they can do whatever they want to do on these things. But, uh, man, all of it's worth it just for Michael Ironside. <laughs> I love the movie when I was... Oh, I, I love that it. movie. It's, 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 I just watched it like a year or two ago. It's still great. It yeah. still holds up. Now, the game tries to share the same tone as the films. I think in some ways it succeeds, in other ways it doesn't. It's not as personal as mm -hmm. the film is because you never really see anybody like their faces no one ever sees your face there's no personification in it really it's just this nameless faceless you're just this space marine dude with a gun and everybody around you is a space marine dude with a gun really what they're trying to do is building the camaraderie with the players that actually are playing the game and that is one thing that this game does a great job of so Basically, you have like four mission objectives that you have to complete. And as I mentioned earlier, like some of them are just wiping out a horde of the aliens. Sometimes you're defending mining equipment as they mine resources. And then you're picking up the containers with the resources and carrying them over to a depot. After you go through like a series of three or four mission objectives like that, then it always culminates with, okay, it's time to go back to the base, build the base, 
and then defend it from this insane onslaught of freaking bugs. It is insane. My PC couldn't run it. That's why we are using footage from another YouTube channel that I gave credit to there at the beginning uh, because my PC couldn't run it. It was fine until it would get to this part where you build up and the building in it is very intuitive and very easy. There are a lot of other games that have building in them that could take some cues from this game, but you're under the gun. So when you start building, you have like two minutes to build and fortify your base before the, the enemies start attacking. And it just becomes complete mania. There's literally just thousands of bugs attacking you at once. Yeah, My, the, the visuals aren't amazing. Like there's tons of pop, but like once th th those assaults like are pretty impressive. Oh, it's insane. Like, I don't know what kind of a PC you need to have to be able to run it 4K full bore, but my PC couldn't handle it. So I was like, man, my footage makes this game look terrible. So I had to use somebody else's. Um, but again, it's so it's 16 players you're playing cooperatively with. And they're really the one thing I'll say about this game is there is a real feeling of team in this because you have to like so like i said even if you're just at the mining stations and you have one guy trying to wait for the canister to fill it you got to defend that guy and so there's the other thing i was impressed too is how many people are communicating playing this almost everybody had a headset i don't know if that's a pc thing like i don't play a ton it's of more common on pc yeah. i mean almost everybody was talking and then at the end when you defend your base from the from the bugs and it's just intense and insane and you finally if you get to the point they're like okay you did it then you have to extract and the extraction is even more insane than defending the base. It's literally this mad dash from the base. It's already crawling with bugs to, you know, a couple hundred yards away to the extraction ships. And then once you get to the ships, it doesn't end either. Because if you get inside the ship, you're waiting for everybody else to get in so you can extract with all the, the loot and everything. And people are rooting you on. Like I was outside like fighting off bugs and I could hear people in the ships going, go Din fire, get it, go. Like it's awesome. I haven't played a game in forever where my teammates were rooting me on like they're calling me by name do it in fire use your grenades they're like trying to like coach me and like i was like this is freaking awesome and then if you do make it inside the escape pods and you go up then you get the loot that you collected throughout the course of the game and you level up and you get new weapons and you get um improvements to the weapons you already have you get new grenades you get all the stuff that you can then use for your next run I had a blast playing this game, Matt. I expected so little out of this game, and I had so much fun playing this. Um, I have not played a cooperative game with this much cooperation in forever. Like, people were just into it because it's hard. Like, you get stuck out on your own in this game, you're screwed. Like, you need at least a couple people with you at all times because you can just, like, as you saw in that clip right there, they just come up out from the ground. So you may think you're safe, all of a sudden you're surrounded by bugs and there's there's reviving in this and you know the other thing too i would die and i'm like oh i'm done because i'm like 200 yards away everybody's already building up the base like trying to fortify it for the bugs coming in for the big attack no one's going to come over here and revive me next thing i know some dude would come over and be like i got you dinfire and revive me like i don't know what it is about this game that engendered such awesome feelings from the people playing it but i was like blown away I'm like, why is, is this game like this? And all these other games I play, no one ever has mics. No one cares if you die. Like, I had a great time. Again, it is 25 bucks. It's only on PC. And it, it is technically an early access right now. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is how they look at it. They're like, oh, we can get away with only one map or whatever. Because they're like, oh, it's only 25 bucks. It's an early access. People don't expect that much from it. The one map thing was probably the biggest sticking point for me. But... 
all the other unlocks like and again because people really work like a team in this like i basically won every match like i extracted almost every time i was leveling up quickly i was getting new weapons i was getting improvements to the existing weapons that i had um the loop itself i thought was awesome i had a blast with it um i had a lot of fun with this game again it's pc only right now eventually i'm guessing it will come to consoles if it can survive this kind of early access on pc but again you're seeing that the building interface is so easy um it's just this little you can see it right there a little interface you just hit tap a key it comes up along the bottom you choose what you want to build and then it'll just on the fly tells you whether you can place it or not if it's green you can place it if it's red it's not it's very simple I think more games could you could take a lot of cues from the building in this game. Um, very user-friendly. Everything plays the way it should be. Repairing stuff is easy once the, the bugs have started attacking stuff. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. Do hmm. you have any questions about it? Not really. Zed is asking, more fun than Back for Blood. Hmm. That's a close one. I would say Back for Blood's better right now because Back for Blood launched with a lot more content. Mm-hmm. the fact that this only has one map is a pretty big detriment to it right now and i think that obviously that'll change over time um but right now yeah back for blood is the better game because it it was a full game when it launched this is just early access they're like oh we got one map done we got all the mechanics working it runs well let's put it out there and start taking feedback from the players so we can make it better um so yeah i would say back for blood the better game right now but i think eventually this will be the better game at least for my taste it'll be the more interesting game over time um uh kevin rafa asked who made this game that's a good question actually i'm not i should have written that down and i did not write it down unfortunately um one big actually there is one criticism i do have about this game and it's the traversal the climbing the clamoring is abysmal it's way worse then uh, it was made by Offworld Industries. Offworld Industries. Well, they, they've made a couple other pretty big games, actually. I have never heard of any of them. Yeah. Squad, Postscriptum, and Beyond the Wire. Squad, I think, is they're, the They're one. all World War II games. Yeah. Or squad-based, like, military games. Yeah, the clamoring in this and the climbing and the traversal is even worse than in Bolt Gun. It's just very awkward. You never know whether you're going to actually climb over something or not. And it does put you in some bad positions because sometimes you're trying to escape like literally like 40 bugs like running after you. And you're trying to just jump up over a wall and sometimes you don't make it and you just die. So that is one thing that they could definitely work on with this game. Like it is one part that is not up to par with the rest of the game. Um, Oh, I should go through the classes very quickly. Um, there's the hunter class, which is basically assault infantry, and they have a jet pack. Every class has a special ability or a special move. And, you know, I'm a tribes guy. I'm all about the jet packs, but the jet packs in this game suck. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. It's not implemented very well. You get, like, yeah. one kind of boost. It's hard to control. I mean, the it is, that's part of the theme in these in this in starship troopers is that their their equipment kind of sucks mm-hmm. like yeah they are, they are woefully under equipped for what they have to no do. you're right that was kind of part of this thing it's like you basically are just being thrown into a meat grinder it's like mm-hmm. when they sent you out to the field like you were expected to die basically yep yeah uh the second class is the bastion class which is basically a heavy infantry its special ability is it has a crazy proximity mine and then there is the operator class which is basically the support class Anybody can revive other players, but the the operator class revives them more quickly. So there's an advantage there. And they can also heal people before they die so they can give you health packs or whatever. Uh, so it's not just about reviving. It's actually about maintaining people as well. 
Um, but again, there's no single player in this. It's all this. That's all there is. There's no bots to join in, which some people may be happy, happy about. And there's no PvP. So there's no player versus player in this at all. This is the game. 16-player, cooperative play, and I love that people are buying into it and actually playing it the way that it's intended to be. Um, it probably could use a few more in-match objectives because I was kind of doing the same things over and over again. There was like four or five different objective types, and that pretty much just kept being repeated over and over again. So they could do that. I also feel like there could be more emergent moments where just like a gigantic creature just comes up from the sand and it's like, Oh my God, this massive boss just appeared out of nowhere. Everybody come over here and help. Let's fight the boss. Like I wish there was a little bit more than that. It's a little formulaic right now, the way it is. It's not very spontaneous. It's a little contrived. So that's one thing that they could fix. I think to make it a little bit better. Um, but really it's what really attracted me to this is the cooperative spirit. The other thing too, is that you may think these matches are really long. They're not that long. They're like 20 minutes or something like that. Um, which is a commitment, but not that bad. Um, I felt like it was worth it. Like, I never felt like, oh, my God, I just wasted 20 minutes playing this boring ass. I had fun with it pretty much every time. So, um, yeah, I recommend this game. That's one thumb up from Game Face. And, again, it's 25 bucks. It's in early access on Steam right now. It's the only way you can get it. Not even announced for consoles yet, but I'm guessing it will come eventually. And I hope it does so more people can play it and enjoy it just like I did. And there's the three classes that you can choose from. Again, when you start, you have to join a, a squad. For, there's four squads of four. Um, when you die, you spawn on your squad, which can be very helpful instead of having to run in back. Because again, the map is really big. So if you were to respawn have to run from the starting point all the way to where everybody is, it could literally take you like five or 10 minutes just to get there. So um, the squads, just like in the Battlefield franchise, you just basically need it. Like this game would be almost unplayable without the squads. Um, but yeah, I had a ton of fun with this. Again, this was supposed to be in the show a week ago and I enjoyed it so much. I'm like, I'm not cutting it for good. I played it. I really enjoyed it. I need to tell people about it. And so here we are in episode 344 talking about Starship Troopers Extermination. Now, Matt, knowing that you love the IP and after I just talked about the game, do you have any interest in giving it a go? Maybe that's, that's a little steep for the, the dollar is. amount. Yeah. It is. Yeah. For one map. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think the thought is you're a part of the team making the game better. It's your typical early access crap, yeah. but um, it, your mileage will vary on that. Some people are, you just want, like, if I pay 25 bucks, I want four freaking maps. And I don't blame you if you look at it that way. But I did play this for days just with that one map because it's really big. And they do mix it up. Like, it's not like every time you play, they put your base in the same spot on the map. Like, the base will be moved around for every match, and all the other objectives will be moved around, too. So they do, do, do a pretty good job of mixing things up so it doesn't feel like you're just playing the same thing, like, over and over and over again. Mm. And again, as you're leveling up, you're getting new weapons and new abilities and increases, and that helps you stay on the squirrel wheel. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys play games enough to know exactly what I'm talking about. Um... Justin Horman said, it seems like a good game for a Sifted crew to get games together. I mean, that's the cool thing, right? Is that, like, typically when you play cooperative games, like, you can only have, like, two or three of your buddies playing with you. And this, literally 16 of your friends can all join in, and you are just, it's, again, the feeling of teamwork in this is awesome. It really makes a difference in how much fun it is to play. Um, Vinny Robbins says, all the games they made are heavy on comms, so it makes sense. So he's saying that all their old military-style shooters also were heavy on teamwork, and therefore... 
a lot of people would be playing with mics and stuff. I haven't played a game with that many people with mics in a long time, Matt. Yeah, I mean, most PC players do seem to have headsets. Just yeah. so many, some of them use headsets for audio for their games anyway. Um, not, I don't, but yeah. like, um, if I don't have to have something over my ears or in my ears, I won't. But uh, it's like I play Modern Warfare two all the time. A lot of people have stuff like that anyway because of Discord or, or Zoom yeah. meetings or whatever, mm -hmm. what, what have you. PlayStation 5 has it built into the controller. Mm -hmm. So everybody has it. And the problem is is that nobody uses it for what it's meant to be used for. They sit there and they just play their music really loud mm -hmm. or they're coughing. They're the doing play bong hits. PlayStation like 5 should default that to off. Yeah. Like, I have to I, turn it off every time. Yeah. It's annoying. So I turn mine off. I don't even turn it on in Call of Duty because it's pointless. No one even listens. Like, I'll be like, oh, my God, they're all over here. Nobody ever responds. No one ever shows up. Like, but for whatever reason, this game, people are on it. I haven't had people root for me in a I'm video gonna, game in I don't gonna know bet how long. You, I'm going to bet you that you will not have that experience on the console version. Probably not. You're probably right. It's a different clientele. It's a different person. It's younger. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Probably hear a lot more racial slurs on consoles as well. I mean, that's what that's what voice chat on consoles is for. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, Vortex Complex. I think too many rude people just ruined online comms. That's all. It's true, man. It sucks that they mm. ruined it for everybody, but it's just the way it is. Uh, see if you guys have any more questions about it. Um, Faradol, you lost me at tower defense. Yeah, I mean, the end of the game is technically ta it's, you're defending your base. Mm -hmm. I guess that's tower defense, but it's like all active. Like, yeah. oh, that's it's also not like, sort of the, the big central action scene in the movie is that them yeah. defending that fort against. And there are traps too. Like you can set up like electrocution traps outside of your base to slow them down. And so there is a little bit of tower defense to it, but I personally love tower defense. So that's not a detriment to me, but if you don't like that type of stuff, I could see where it wouldn't be for you. Um, Sneaky says, I would rather play Gollum instead of this. This looks very boring. <laughs> what? Sneaky, I'll never figure you out, bro. I will never figure you out. I think he said on Sifted one time he had never played a Nintendo game or something. Earlier today, he was saying that Diablo, he didn't know what Diablo was because it's not, it's not a thing here in Ireland, I guess. It's Sneaky, not, I'll never understand true. you, man. Dia <laughs> okay. I guarantee you Diablo is a thing in Ireland. <laughs> I guarantee it. Anyway, I had a blast with it. And I, look, I do like the IP, I, but I don't think that the, it's like, if you watch that B-roll, it's not like you're watching, you're like, that's all about whether you like Starship Troopers or not. Like, I don't think that's it. It helps. Um, but I don't think it was why I ended up enjoying the game ultimately. It was just fun. And it was just frenetic and nonstop and the, the feeling of teamwork and working together. I wish I got more of that in games in general. It just feels good. Having somebody root for you feels good. I don't care the last time somebody in a video game I was playing with rooted for me. Like, I just can't. Like, so that's the type of stuff that this game does. Sound Wizard, thank you for the tier one subs, man. That's awesome. I see what you're doing. Um, wow. A ton of them. Wow. 20. Thank you, Sound Wizard. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> Pintor. Diablo is definitely a thing in Ireland, LOL. <laughs> yep. So anyway, there you go. That's Starship Troopers Extermination. Again, it's in early access right now on Steam. You can buy it for 25 bucks, which is a little steep, but they are adding and fixing things and changing it continually. And again, I think the community there is pretty awesome. All right. And with that, it's time for... That's right. It's time for Name That Game, where I show you a series of five screenshots from a video game, and you try to guess the name of the video game before this guy. Big note here. I'm running out of codes for Name That Game. I think I only have like three left, and I can't afford to just give away, unfortunately. I wish I could, 
It'd be awesome if I could afford it. I can't afford to just give away games um, every episode of Game Face. And Swanland has had given us literally like 20 or 30 free games to give away for name that game because there were just games that he had keys for that he just didn't use. So if any of you guys are out there and like that and you just have this deluge of game keys that you're not going to do anything with, um, send them my way. and we'll I actually give them. do have a lot of humble bundled. Okay. But they're going to be old, like years old. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a free game. People I stopped getting the, the monthly bundle like three, four years ago. Yeah. But like I still, I have a lot in there if there are, if any of them are still any good. Yeah. Well, if Matt has enough codes, we can keep giving away games. Or if you guys have any, just contact me on Sifted or on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire or wherever. Um, and let me know if you have codes that you want to give away. And if not, like we could still keep playing the game without a prize. Like, I don't know if you guys are into that. Let me know in the chat whether you guys still want to play um, even if there aren't prizes for it. Um, again, I wish I could afford to give you guys prizes. I just can't, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, let me know if you guys are cool playing it without... Oh, JM Rain, dropping some Tier 1 subs too. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Really appreciate that. Um, so anyway, a couple rules before we get going and name that game. Uh, first of all, if you don't play PC games, don't play. Now, if you win, it is your code. If you know somebody that you can give it to that is going to play it, that's totally fine. It's your code to do whatever the hell you want with it. Just don't play if you're not going to do anything with the code and it's just going to sit in your inbox and it's not going to be used. There are people who actually play the games. Number two, the chat is in slow mode. Um, so don't just spam the chat with game titles. You get one guess every 60 seconds. Make sure that you make them count. And number three, if you've already won this year, do not play. You cannot win. Don't take the game away from somebody who hasn't won this year. Just sit back, kick your feet up, and watch the mayhem. And with that, I think we're ready to go. Okay. This one, I'm going to predict, will make it to screenshot three. We'll see. I'm always wrong. Because <laughs> you guys are just like freaking geniuses. All right. Here we go for Name That Game for episode 344. Here is the first screenshot. People are saying they'd be willing to play even without prizes. That's cool. What we've been seeing lately, Matt, is people are afraid. Mass Effect 3, no. Parappa the Rapper, no. <laughs> Too quick, Capri. A nod to my t-shirt. Halo 2, no. Skyrim, no. Dragon's Dogma, no. Shadows of Mordor, no. Kingdoms of Avalon, no. Interesting. A lot of Shadows of Mordor there. Mm -hmm. But it's, that's not it. Witcher 3, no. Destiny, no. Doom, no. Red Faction Guerrilla, no. Alan Wake, no. Those triangle-shaped uh, rocks are familiar, but I don't uh -huh. know what they That's are. That's why I put them in there. Just Cause 3, no. Gears 4, no. Tomb Raider Underworld, no. Gears 4, no. Halo 3, no. Halo Reach, no. Okay, we're going to go to image two. And here it is. This one might give it away. Halo Reach, no. Now, it definitely reframes things. I have a feeling the people who guessed on the first one are like, damn it. Hmm. <laughs> people should, some people should be able to get it from this. People aren't even guessing. Crash Bandicoot, no. <laughs> Infamous, no. Ark Survival Evolved, no. That's a good guess, though. Jedi Fallen Order, no. 
Rogue leader, no. That's a good guess, too. Next green, take the W, Shane. <laughs> Half-Life, no. Dino Crisis, no. That's a good one, too. That's a good guess, Kevin. Okay, it looks like we're going to make it to the third one. Enslaved, no. But that's mm. a good game for me to use and name that game. I'll make a mental note of that. Dead Space, no. Gears 3, no. Someone already guessed Gears 3, I think. Definitely guess Gears 4, for sure. Okay, I think we're going to the third screenshot. I actually hit my projection this time. And here it is. Vanquish, no. Hmm. That's a pretty good guess, though. Kena, no. Far Cry, no. Watchdogs, no. Fable 3, no. Oblivion, no. Titanfall, no. Mm. No guesses, Matt? Doesn't look familiar. Other than those triangle rocks. Some kind of crisis, maybe. Not crisis. Final Fantasy 15, no. Titanfall 2, no. That's a good guess, if though. If I knew what it was, I'd recognize the, the glowy fruit. That's why it's there. That's why I put it I in don't there. I remember what that Skyrim, is. Skyrim, no. Anthem, no. That's a good guess, too. Doom. Not Doom. Kingdoms of Amalur, not bad either. Nope. Last Guardian, nope. Fable 3, nope. Just Cause, nope. Uncharted 2, nope. Uh-oh. I may have stumped you guys finally. Far Cry Primal, no. God of War Ragnarok, no. Too Human, no. So many guesses. Someone already guessed Oblivion, Clay. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Well, if it was a slideshow, then maybe. Yeah, not, not with that not with that lighting. Sorry. Uh, God of War PS4, no. Now they're starting to name consoles. The game about the four horsemen of the apocalypse or something number three. Nope. <laughs> Haze, no. You guys are starting to go into the deep cuts now. Okay. Looks like we're going to image four. Hot damn. Here we go. Image four. Name that game. Hmm. Days Gone, no. Far Cry Instincts Predator, no. Yeah. Darksiders 2, no. I think I stumped you guys. I've finally done it. Maybe the sec this will be, I think, the second or third time we've ever made it to the fifth image. Ever. Darksiders 2, no. Death Stranding, no. Chaos Legion, no. Last Guardian, no. Xenoblade, no. Metal Gear Solid 3, no. Mass Effect, no. Arc Survival, nope. Someone guessed that already. Assassin's Creed Origins, no. Fire Emblem, no. Evil Dead, no. Biomutant, no. We have a winner, finally! Warframe. It is Warframe! There we go! Mm. Wow, Contano, congratulations! Hybrid Heaven. Someday yeah. Hybrid Heaven's gonna be in this. One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah, I played Warframe probably like 50 hours but i didn't recognize any of that yeah it's it's varied the environments in that game are all different so it's hard to really nail down a theme great job contano finally somebody got it. i was like damn like people are running out of games to guess <laughs> um and here's the final image and i obviously this one would have just totally given it away because i actually showed you a warframe there mm. but yeah it was warframe great job contano another round of applause there so we made it to image four i'll take that
So, Contano, all you got to do, send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can send me a DM on Sifted at Shane. You can send us a DM here on Twitch. Whatever you want to do to get at me, just let me know, and I'll send you your code. And congratulations once again for winning Name That Game. That's freaking awesome, dude. And even though I am in pain, we're still going to do a Q&A, people. We're still going to do it. I'm going to fight through here, and we're going to do it. So if you have any questions for us, go at Sifted Games in the chat so we can pluck it out from all the other conversation. I love that Contano is happy that he won. Finally got one. That's awesome, dude. Uh, let's head to chat and see what you guys are asking us. Um, El Guapo, 33A5. With the announcement of the MGS collection on current-gen consoles, I'm still befuddled if MGS4 is included. It is not. It's not. It's one, th one two, and three. Yeah. But and also... Volume one. But also, it comes with the original Metal Gear. Mm -hmm. Like, the... Not Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear. Like, mm -hmm. the original. The first two Metal Gear games are also included, but not Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, Matt, what's your hype level for Rise of the Beasts? Meh. Me too. We'll see. Yeah. I'm keeping my mind open. I like the look a little bit better. They don't look like... Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of hydraulic insects. Like yeah, they, I mean, there's, it's a sequel to Bumblebee, so they're using more similar uh, designs to that. Yep, and I love Bumblebee. I thought mm -hmm. it was great. So if it's like Bumblebee, I'm going to be all over it. So I'm trying to stay positive. I guess I'll look mm -hmm. at it that way. Um, Sneaky, hope you get back to normal soon, Shane. Thank you, man. I'm really starting to wonder. It's like I'm today, I'm three weeks post-op. I never dreamed I would still be in the position I'm in right now, three weeks post-op. Especially when my surgeon was like, after two weeks, you'll be good. You'll be right back to your normal life. I'm not. I'm still beholden to pain pills and ice packs. So it is what it is. Uh, the Legacy. Thank you for Twitch Prime, man. I really appreciate it. Please, everybody, subscribe with Twitch Prime. Man, we got the payout for last month. It was so low. I don't know why you guys have stopped doing it. Please start doing it again. We need that money. And it's free. It costs you guys nothing. Please. Uh, I hate to beg for money, but we really need that money to survive. Uh, Red Fox 1980, do you think anything Sony will show up at Summer Game Fest? That's a good question. Hard to say. I think a lot of people, that's wishful thinking right now because people are like, where were the first party games? I saw that like um, someone did a podcast and the title was, um, it was a Sony event without the Sony. But there was Sony. It was like mm -hmm. 12 first party games. It's just not the Sony that you wanted. You knew this was coming. Yeah, I don't really understand what people thought. I don't either. You knew this was coming. They've been messaging that they were working on 10 games as a service for the last two years. You knew this was coming. Well, did you think some magical... I don't understand yeah, what, what people are thinking. like Last of Us 3? Yeah. And, like what? I mean, some people were expecting GTA 6 and Wolverine and a bunch of nonsense that was never... Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2... I don't know what you guys were thinking. Like, they ain't promoting that before Final Fantasy XVI's out. Come on. Yeah. One thing at a time. That's how PR works. Yep. Uh, the Legacy. What's worse? Game of the Generation, Gollum, Redfall, Balan, Wonderworld, or Crossfire? Uh, Balan for yeah, me. I don't know if you top Balan, Wonderworld. Just... Because there's just nothing appealing about it at yeah. all. Yeah, just nothing. top to bottom, just everything is a terrible idea. At least Gollum, if you're like a hardcore Lord of the Rings fan, there's something to glean from it. Like, like there's a there's a universe where that Gollum game is pretty good. <laughs> it's like a weird it's okay. universe I want no part like, of. But like there's 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 not. I mean, I don't think you. I wouldn't want to try it. But like you could theoretically make a decent Gollum stealth game. Yeah. Given the right team, right idea, and right time. That just wasn't it. But like, there's no. <laughs> 
And Redfall is just a failure to execute. Crossfire is a failure. Ball and Wonderworld should have been... Like, someone should have tackled Naka and dragged him out of the meeting room the instant it was pitched. Like, there's no... They couldn't find him, though, because he was too busy insider trading. Yeah. <laughs> he was over in a closet with his cell phone insider trading. Uh, so, anyway, to answer Red Fox's question, do you think anything Sony will show up at Summer Games Fest? I don't. Pro I think... Probably not. Originally, I might have said that Factions might show up there, but it sounds like Factions is not After Naughty Dog anywhere. put the kibosh on it? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we will see anything PlayStation. I think that's why they did the showcase, and that's what that's what they have. Those are the games yeah. that they have. They're close to release. And that's also what they've done the last, like, three years. They show us some stuff they want to show in May, and we don't see them again for, like, three months. Yep. It's absolutely true. So, yeah, I don't suspect we'll see anything more Sony from the not E3. That's what I'm calling it now, not E3, instead of E3. Just this whole period that's coming up here. E0. Yeah, E0. Uh, what else we got here? Dustin Horman, what's your favorite Michael Ironside performance in a movie? Total Recall, Starship Troopers, Highlander 2? I mean, Starship Troopers. Yeah, I think that, there. to me, that's his seminal role. <laughs> he probably doesn't want like to hear that, but... He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, like, so many. That was very good. I mean, he's very good in Top Gun, although it's a much smaller role. Yeah. But I think uh, I think just about anybody who was around in the 90s remembers him in Starship Troopers, even if they don't remember anything else about that movie. Yep. Other than Denise, Denise Richards. <laughs> he was so hot in that movie. He was also a very good uh, Batman. He, vo yeah. he voiced Batman in the Dark Knight, ver little Dark Knight uh, short thing in one of the episodes. Like one of the late episodes, I don't remember that at all. That was a that was an episode. I think season four, and they are it's a bunch of kids telling each other stories about what they think Batman is, and one kid tells the story of basically it's a it's a clip from it's a scene from The Dark Knight Returns, and Michael Ironside voices him in the mm. fight with a mutant leader, and it's very very good. It's huh? it's a it's a very good choice for that version of. Batman. He has a distinctive voice. Um, Vincent asks, what are the plans for not E3 coverage this month? Are you going to talk over Microsoft and or Ubisoft? Probably not. Um, it, it worked out beforehand because there would be multiple things in one day. And we could show up. Matt and I could sit here for three or four hours. We could bang out like three or four shows and off we'd go. Everything's all spread out. Everything's like a la carte now. Um, so, look, we did do a special episode for PlayStation's e3 press conference not e3 press conference so maybe maybe we do something the next day or whatever um because the other thing too is that like if i have time to do pre-production it's way better because we can show you the games while we're talking about them like we actually got some compliments on our uh coverage of the playstation showcase because we did it the next day it was still timely but we were able to show you the games while we talked about them instead of like because what happens is we watch the press conferences live. We do our commentary live, and you guys are there. And then afterwards, we do analysis, but you can't see the games because we've had no chance to process the B-roll. So I'd prefer to do it maybe the next day when we can actually show you the games um, as we speak about them. So that's the plan for right now. If things change, I'll let you know. As we get closer, I'll give you guys more information on it. Good question, though, Vincent. Uh... Uh, Estmont, I love the show, but your discussion about Tears of the Kingdom made me feel old. I guess sooner or later we all become the old guy complaining about the world changing. I don't, I don't think that's what it was. I don't think that was us standing on our lawn. We're just saying that, like, we just don't like the new Zelda. We don't do it with other games or other franchises. Like, Zelda used to be my favorite franchise. It's not anymore. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Think about that. My whole life. 
people have asked me, what's your favorite video game? And I have said Zelda my whole life. I can't say that anymore. That's a big deal. That's not an old man standing on the lawn saying, get off my lawn. That's someone saying like, there used to be something that I really enjoyed that's not there anymore. That's it. And look, we even said, we totally understand that some of you guys really like it. And we get that. And if you do like it, it's your game of the forever. We just said that it's not for us. That doesn't mean we're old and it, we're not willing to accept change. We're only willing to not accept change in Zelda. That makes no sense at all. Like, to be fair, you're also not willing to accept change when E3 goes away. What? To be fair, you're also not willing to accept change when E3 goes away. But, but I did. Sa- but that's sort of the same thing of like, here's this thing that was my favorite thing, and yeah. now it's not that thing. Yeah. But I also did accept a, change, obviously. Right. But that's, well, because there's no choice. Like, yeah. like, this thing sold 10 million copies. It's what Zelda's going to be from yeah. now on. There's not, you know, what can you do? There's nothing I can do except yeah. say that I don't like it. Yeah. That's it. You want me to lie? Is that what you want me to do? That's not me. I'm not a liar. Mm-hmm. One I thing you know you're going to get from me is the freaking truth every time. And there are very few changes to things that I, you know, and especially game uh, franchises that I generally think most changes as time has gone on have been good. Well, the other thing too about Zelda is it's not the old design of Zelda doesn't feel old. No. It doesn't feel overdone because nobody else does it. Well, I'll, sometimes, but like usually not as well. I mean, I can like, think of like two franchises that really tried to make real Zelda games. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much it. I mean, it's Darksiders and... I mean, it's, they're hard. They're we hard didn't. It didn't need to be replaced. As I said, when we discussed Tears of the Kingdom, they could have very easily used that new idea on another IP and just kept Zelda, Zelda. I don't, I don't understand where all the, the consternation well, is. Well, Nintendo, as we know, Nintendo doesn't like to do, especially Miyamoto, doesn't like to make something unless there's some random new thing in it. That is one of the reasons I don't like the obsession with innovation that some people in the industry have, where it's like, execution is more important because constant obsession with has to be something new has to be something innovative is how you end up with tears of the kingdom yeah director j yes i played dark sider that was one of the two franchises i was talking yeah. about yeah yeah and i, like, I really I like dark siders too but there's too much stuff in dark siders yeah. too there's like four there's so many collectibles like it's like star fox adventures it's like how many yeah. things do you want me to collect dude like give me a break yeah uh but, but also another great another great michael voiceover michael wincott as death he's great Contano brings up Michael Ironside, Splinter Cell. Yeah. He was great in that, too. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Roffo, you go through the midway point of your gaming fantasy against Matt soon. Yeah, we're in June, so we're kind of halfway there. Um, I'm looking real good, people. <laughs> I know you guys all thought my team sucked, but you were wrong. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's really going to come down to whether all your games release. Yeah. It, well, I mean, whether you're going to have a full team, because you also have done really well with your games that have released yeah, so It far. only comes down to Spider-Man. If yeah. Spider-Man doesn't slip out. You'll have all your games. Full team. So it could be tight this year. It could be really close. Yeah. Yep. Which is great. Usually it's like it's over by now. If Redfall had reviewed, like, had not been terrible, I think it would be neck and neck or I would be ahead. Yeah. But I don't think I am anymore. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on Starfield for me, obviously. Yeah. I did get Street Fighter. And I could get a force. I did get Street Fighter, though. That's true. Yep. And yeah, Starfield is a huge X factor. Yep. So we'll see. I think it's going to come down right to the end. Really, to me, the question was whether Matt had all 10 games. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought for sure that you were going to be one short or something, but no. No, nope, not I mean, I am down two because of... But uh, you're, both your alternates are going to uh, come Suicide through. Squad and, uh, I mean, Forza, assuming Forza comes out this it, year. It'll come out this year. But what was it Suicide Squad and one, one other one are just gone. This could be the first year that both of us have all 10 games. Yeah, eight, Forza, Forza needs to come out, and Space Marine 2 needs to come out. That's that's set so in stone. They just, that's happening. 
They just did an event this weekend, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely coming out this year. There was, but I've lost two. So, but and both alternates are already out. Company Heroes two, three and um, some other one that already it already came out. Yeah. Oh, uh, Octopath Traveler two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were there are already two games in the main list that dropped out. It was Suicide Squad and something else. Yep. Um, Vincent says the schedule is Jeff Thursday, Xbox Sunday, Ubisoft Monday. That feels like just wait until Tuesday to me, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> maybe we come in and do, maybe we do it. I know. I mean, it really sounds like doing a Tuesday. We'll see. Just stay tuned. We'll let you know. Um, okay. I think that's it, maybe. Uh, Shane, did you get to play Darksiders 2? We answered that already. Oh, will you cover the System Shock recent release for next week? Just launched. I doubt it, because we got Diablo and Street Fighter 6 for next week's show. That's a lot of playing. Street Fighter, not quite as much. I'm glad I already played a lot of it through the couple betas that I played through. Um, but now so, you got to tour the world and become the strongest. And I will. I'll, <laughs> that's what I'll play. Um, and I'll play a ton online against other people. Play against me. I'm Denfire. Um, so probably not System Shock next week. Maybe the show after. I haven't really looked ahead in June to see what the second week has. I will be soon, though, because I'll be working on Dossier here the next day and a half. So I don't think there's much the second week, but then you get into Final Fantasy 16 a couple weeks in. Yeah, yeah. So we got good stuff coming up on Game Face here in the not-too-distant future. Um, speaking of some other good stuff, head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. Especially if you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services out there. Uh, if you've been getting years and thousands of hours of enjoyment had a game face it would be awesome if you could go and support us um you can pledge whatever you want you can just give us a dollar a month if you just want to do it because uh two dollars a month gets you pack your factor four dollars a month gets you all our content early um game face you get it four days four or five days early pack your factor you get a week early um or you could just subscribe with twitch prime and you get pack your factor free at twitch.tv slash games there's tons of ways to support us i um, mean we appreciate all of them and it would be great if you could do that um Another way you can support us is to support our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a great sponsor for us. I love it. It's a great product. It's very nice to have a sponsor um, for a product that you actually enjoy and you want to support. And you guys should support it too. Head to creamls.com. Again, there's a store locator there where you can find it where you live locally. Or you can find links where you can order it online. Um, Support our sponsors because they support us. And when you do that, they keep coming back. So if the sales of LS Cream keep doing well... He's going to keep supporting us with a sponsorship, and that makes a huge difference for us. That, and again, Twitch Prime, please, if you stop doing that, please go to twitch.tv slash games and, and pledge. Um, I realize that you know some of you guys may want to save your Twitch Prime for other channels. I would argue that we're the ones that need it the most. Like, if you're giving your Twitch Prime sub to some Patreon that's making, like, 40 grand a month, like... You might want to think about giving it to us instead. That's all I'm saying. If you're just if you're really concerned about making sure that the podcast and the content that you love continues to be produced, you might want to reconsider that. That's all I'm saying. So um, let's see how far do we make it? Two fifty. Almost made it the full three hours. I'm slowly working my way up here to get mm. back to the full three hours of Game Face. Almost there. I have a feeling next week we'll get there because we're going to talk a long time about Street Fighter and Diablo Four. So yeah, that's it for Game Face. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We've done three shows in seven days. And you guys keep showing up. 
and you're an awesome part of our community here on the live chat. Uh, ask great questions at the end of the show. Um, without you, our show would be nothing. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to everybody who got bits, everyone who bought uh, subs for people in our chat. Every penny matters. Every dollar matters. Everything makes a difference. We appreciate it all very much. Thank you guys. So I hope you guys have a great week. When actually does Street Fighter and Diablo launch? Do they both launch on Friday? Street Fighter is the second. And yeah, I think they're both the second. Both Friday. Maybe Diablo is, well, no, the second is Wednesday. Isn't it? No, that is Friday. That's weird. Yeah, that I mean, is Friday. Yeah. I can't remember what day it is. So it's gonna be a long week waiting doing for these the, two awesome games. Doing the show on Thursday and then the four the the three day weekend, like that my friends were off the work yesterday. Like all threw me off of yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know what day it is anymore. I, my whole life is depending Diablo on is when early, I can take more pain I won't say pills. Diablo is is the fourth. The 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 Diablo console tie in bundles come out on the sixth and that's after the game comes out. No. Oh. That's like a few days after the game comes out. I can't oh. remember what exactly okay. what day. I don't know. I put I put the pre order in and it tells me when it goes live. That's I don't know. That's what that's how I know. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks again everybody for tuning in for the show live. Thanks again to all our patrons and the people who are pledging um, on Twitch with Twitch Prime. People who even just turn off their ad blocker to watch the show on YouTube. Much love to all you guys. We appreciate anything you guys can do to help us. It would be awesome. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Now you're actually gonna have to wait a week before another episode of Game Face, but we'll be back with an awesome episode. So we'll see you next Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Until then, have an awesome week. Game Face is up and out.